Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo there, all you icons. Guess what day it is? It's Sacred Saturday. Welcome back, like a butt crack, to the one and only Sacred Icon Podcast, where we talk all things Halo. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's me, your boy, back for round two in January 2022. We're here with episode 106, Pick Up Sticks. Pick up these nuts, Brian. Brian got me before the show, though. Brian totally got me before the show, (laughs) so he got there first. Uh, It's me, your host, Joshua Hargis. And joining me, as always, is my buddy, my pal, my friend, the, is it Bofer? Yeah. Bofer. The the Bofer to my Feely, I think. Mm. Or Keely. I always get them mixed up. Anyway. The more attractive one. That's probably who you want. The blonde one. I like the blonde. Oh, that's Feely, then. That's Feely. Thank you. (laughs) Brian Arvett. What's up, Brian? The Hobbit, just in case you guys don't know. Yeah. How you doing, Brian? Doing pretty good, Josh. We got uh, a couple fun topics today. We're going to briefly cover uh, a little bit of the Halo TV show that's coming out this year to Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+. And, Plus. and then we're going to uh, talk about our history of gaming from the very first time we played a video game all the way till now, uh, how we got to Halo and where we went from after Halo, where we went from there, and just what our, our gaming histories look like. It'll be kind of a fun, uh, nostalgic episode. But, uh, Heck yeah. Yeah, Josh, before we... so. This is kind of crazy. Uh, Josh mentioned that we should talk about the Halo TV show, and it wasn't on my like radar to talk about that, but a thought I've actually had uh, this week that I can now bring up since we're going to talk about it is, this seems really weird, and maybe you'll call me out in the year and be like, yeah, Brian, you were completely off about that, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like I might actually like and care about the show more than Infinite or the game's or are like just the games pro- like because like this, let me let me explain myself right. So when the when Bungie was doing the Halo games, it was like this era of you know advancement and technology, and Bungie kept increasing like pushing the envelope with stuff, and mm-hmm. the trilogy closed out and it was awesome. And depending on who you ask, but I think most people really liked ODST and Reach, and um, so that was just like an era of in, in of itself. Well, I'm looking at shows that we're watching now like the mandalorian book of boba fett which is like new star wars shows 40 years after it came out star wars came out uh i've been watching the witcher on netflix which you know the witcher's been a book since i don't know 25 30 years now it's a show i'm starting to see that maybe halo could be this 
as well, where it's like this new era of storytelling, this new medium for Halo. Uh-huh. And it, yeah. it, it gets me really excited because, to be honest, even though I like Halo 4, 5, and Infinite, um, everything past... And to be fair, a little bit, even though I love the Bungie games, to be fair, even even Reach and ODST some, to some extent, everything past Halo 3 has kind of just been icing on the cake. It's just been extra. It's like we For finished sure. the story, here's some more, here's some more, here's some more. Well, this kind of feels like a, and we'll get into the Waypoint article with this, um, this kind of feels like a fresh start for the universe. Uh, it's, it's essentially, you know, some people wanted them to reboot the games after 5, and that didn't happen. Well, that's essentially what the show is, in a sense. It's a reboot to the Halo series, but they have all this wealth of knowledge over 20 years they can incorporate into it. And I'm just thinking, you know, I'm not saying that this show is going to be a 10-10 quality type thing. I'm not even saying it's going to be like Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett quality, but I think it's going to be, with some effort behind it, it's still going to be an enjoyable experience to get to see that stuff in live action, to get to see similar stories being told through this medium. I'm excited about it, and I can honestly see myself... Like getting ready with a pizza and a drink to watch the new episode of a Halo show and just being more excited for that than even the game. And once again, I could I could change my mind on this, but like right now, I feel like I'm actually a bigger fan of the Witcher show than the games. I think I resonate more with the show. I think I enjoy the show more, even though Witcher 3 is phenomenal. Um, so I could see me, I could see yeah, me kind of being one of those people that's like, you know, I'm into the show more than I am the games nowadays. So I'm excited about it. But before we get into some of those waypoint um, pieces of information, well, what do you think in general, Josh? I, just, I actually I talk- think you make a super great point, dude. I didn't even consider that. Like, I mean, honestly, we everyone expected Infinite to be like herald the new like era of just being into all this stuff and whatnot, and and like ushering it into pop culture. I mean, we did too, but. Yeah, maybe it'll be the show that does it. I mean, that's a really optimistic and exciting way to think about it. Maybe it'll have that transition, that newfound power. It's like, you know, um, like you said, The Witcher, you know, it's like the books have been out for so long. The video games have been there. But the the show is what took it to a different level where people who didn't who don't play games, yeah. don't read books, are like, oh, this series is cool. And then they check out the books or maybe they play the games. And didn't you have some post about your dad talking about the Halo show or did I dream Yeah, my that? dad messaged me last night and he was like, hey, I saw a trailer. Do you know they're making? He's like, I'm sure you already know, but they're making a Halo show. And I was like, yeah, dad, I knew they announced it in 2013. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was talking to him about it. and He's like, yeah, it looks pretty good. And he's like, hopefully they do it justice. And I was like, yeah, and I, I could tell my dad was really interested. I think my dad will sit down and, and give this this show a try. And if he likes episode one, I'm sure he'll tune in. I mean, he already watches, without my poking him to do it, he already watches Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian on his own. Oh, um, he does. Oh, yeah. No, like he, he was a, he was caught up before me on Book of Boba Fett, my dad. Oh, shit. Yeah, he watches that. Now, he wouldn't watch something like The Witcher, but my dad's not really into the uh, medieval fantasy, fantasy type stuff. He gotcha. likes the space type stuff better. Is he uh, enjoying but, Boba Fett? Or? Yeah, I Boba think Fett. so. My understanding is that. Man, that's so cool. That's he so really cool because yeah. I watch it with Dad every Wednesday. Yeah, oh, that's pretty. No, he watches it on his own, his own volition. Um, no, but, but yeah, you, I, I, I think that's a really great point you bring up, dude. I think that could be cool. I mean, everything I've seen from the trailer looks awesome. It's, it's hard, you know, when I see the Spartans in their suits and stuff. It, it does look kind of B movie ish to me, but I think that's just because really because I actually think, and maybe this is a stretcher, but when I see like Master Chief in a picture. Uh, from the show, it looks about the same quality to me as the Mandalorian. Am I way off? No, I actually feel the same way. When I see Chief for some reason, and maybe it's because it's Chief, I really couldn't put a, a, a finger on why. But it, he does look like really good, really authentic, and it looks like AAA production or whatever you want to call it. 
But when I see the other Spartans in those brief shots, I don't know. I get this like B movie. Hmm. I don't know kind of feel to it. But that's not hating on it. I love a lot of B movies, but um, I don't. know. It's just hard. It's just because it's the it's the suits and stuff like that. It's like when I watched uh, the Warcraft film, and it's like that movie as a video game movie is like honestly one of the best I think because the art design was so close to the video games, and when yeah. you see the alliance's suits, they look super good. But at the same time, they have this like you can't escape how it's like it's derivative from this. You know, it's originated from this video game yeah. series, so it's like things are. It's trying to transition that and have that authenticity. It's kind of tricky to navigate, but like they're really like nailing it. But it's just it's hard to also make it look and feel believable. I don't know. Yeah, I, I got to see it more in action. I think there's two ways you can make me happy with an adaptation of a video game. Either you keep it extremely true to keep the it sacred. game, you keep it sacred to the game, <laughs> or you don't keep it true to the game. But you make it a good film on its own. You know what I mean? Oh, so absolutely. Like, so there's two be. ways you can go about it. Like, I, like you just mentioned the Warcraft movie. In my opinion, as a Warcraft fan, I enjoyed the Warcraft movie because it it stayed true to the the game. You know, and it, it did it didn't make sacrifices. It was just like, yeah, this is the game, and this is what you remember. That's why I liked it as a film. Eh, like three out of ten, maybe. Yep. Not no, very. I think I think I'll give it like a two or two point five. I don't know. Now, now, if they had released a Warcraft film where like the art style was way different and mm-hmm. maybe the orcs didn't look right and maybe some of the locations were backwards and some of the lore was mixed up, but it was like a Shawshank Redemption quality movie, yeah. then I think that also gets a pass because it's like you either give us what we know in the new medium that is television or film, or you don't give us what we know. But you use that property to make a film that stands up, that is good on its own. It's kind of like actually a little bit uh, Dune that came out in the last year. Uh, it's missing a lot of stuff from the book. Yeah. Um, and, and if you look at the, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who did the first Dune. It's just not, Stephen Lynch. Oh, Stephen Lynch? David Lynch. David Lynch, my bad. Uh, David Lynch's uh, film has a lot more stuff in it that was from the book. It seems like David Lynch's film was more. It seemed like it was going more for the person who read the book than the Dune movie. The Dune movie seems more like, the, the recent Dune movie seems like, uh, we cut a bunch of things and we made things look a certain way so that it's really engageable for today's audience and it's a good film on its own. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean. You get like, original. I think that's why both Dunes can exist really well because like the new Dune is like, hey, good film. The old Dune's not really a good film, but it's, it's so um, unabashedly honest about what it is it's just got weird shit and it's like okay it, they really tried to be like dune so. oh yeah that's dune abstract as fuck yeah so uh so if halo my guess and this is not because i don't have i mean i really hope the show's great and i think it'll be good i've looked at some of the credits like the the writer for the show mm-hmm. he hasn't done anything of any note like the things he has credits for i'm like i've yeah, never even talked somewhere them. You know, so I'm like, I don't know about the writer, and then I look at the director, and I'm like, oh, the director's done this kind of thing, which was okay, and that thing, and so I hope it's good, but I am actually leaning more towards the Halo as a TV show. It might end up being something around like a five out of ten quality as a as a show on its own, mm. but it does seem, I mean, just seeing from some, from seeing Master Chief's armor to seeing High Charity, it seems like <laughs> it it might pay a lot of good homage to the games, and that'll make it acceptable and enjoyable for me. Um, How ironically yeah. funny would it be if that show takes off and it becomes like the most successful show for Paramount Plus, but Halo fans hate it? 
I'd say I don't give a shit about the Halo fans. That's what I would say. <laughs> That's get the right over it. Build yeah. a bridge and get, get over, over it. it. You got hell yeah, Brian. You got the games. You know, let the show be what it is. You know, I've, yeah, I already right. we've shared some stuff on the Sacred Icon Twitter, and you know, lots of good feedback there. But lots of people saying, "Uh, show's pointless because it's not canon." Uh, show's pointless because Captain Keys is not white. Uh, show's pointless because we're still on that, huh? Uh, yeah. Dr. Halsey's hair isn't supposed to be blonde, and it's like, well, actually, her hair was blonde in the Legends uh, movie thing, but it does, just like, guys, it's a Dude, different it's so medium. Funny. If this it's was today, if Mortal Kombat 95 had come out in today's times, people would be complaining that Kano is Australian, because in the games, he, I mean, granted, you don't have dialogue back in those old games, but like, he, he, they never, they never mentioned he was Australian. So, so the movie like established that, and then the canon onward made Kano Australian. But that oh. movie, it's just so funny how that is. And in '95, it yeah. was like, it was different. It like it, it's kind of like you said earlier. It just like it adhered to the basic canon principles of like the established like state of the galaxy or well world and you know in that sense. Yeah. But um, but it like then it took some liberties and kind of started to do its own things with a lot of it. And it worked. It worked because it was a film and it was its own thing and it stood on its own two feet. And I remember like coming out of that like and I'm I'm like man I want to play. That Mortal Kombat game, in a sense, you know, even though, like I love it for what it is. It's like when Street Fighter the movie came out, even though people that's that's not considered to be that good. It had its own video game, and I love it for that. It's not that good, but I loved it for that. But it's because I got you know I loved it because it was kind of it's setting up its own thing. It's like if you like these games, you'll go see the live action movie, which was really cool. But then at the same time, it still managed to be its own thing and warranted enough to to have its own video game and be its own entity and stuff. And it's like that's. Why can't the Halo show do that? Like, why do we need it to adhere to canon? It, it, that shit's too hard to adapt. And it, honestly, Halo canon is so fucking convoluted. Like, I don't want them to adapt that stuff. Yeah. Let it be what it is. The people who enjoy that keep enjoying that. Let's get the show out there and and God, it's let it have those moments for people that are like, ah, yeah, I get yeah. that. I get that Easter egg. But then for the other people who are like Brian's dad watching it, or maybe my dad, since it's like sci-fi, maybe he'll get into it. Let them just enjoy it without having to feel like they got to know all this shit. Like, and don't be like, so we're talking about like, you know, our dad's watching this. Don't, I'm just give, I'm giving you guys a heads up in case this comes to your mind in the future. Don't be the guy who's sitting there with your mom or your dad or your brother who's never played a Halo game but is enjoying the show. And you're like on the third episode mm-hmm. and you see that they're building this like romantic relationship between Miranda Keys and Master Chief. Or something like that. Something we are not haven't seen in the games. Yeah. Don't be the dude on the couch that's going, Oh, that's, that's bullshit. They were never like that in the games. No, no, no. He can't like her. She can't. No, that wasn't like that. You know, Dad, Dad. <laughs> no, no. In, in Halo 2, in Halo 2, actually, there was a document. Oh, God. Joe Sounds like an edge lord to me. Yeah, Joe Staten almost was going to make Miranda Keys be bad in Halo 2. Do you know that, Dad? Yeah, there was nothing. It wasn't going to be like... <laughs> no, just stop yourself. Maybe they will do something like that. Maybe Miranda Keys will be the love interest of Master Chief. Who cares? It's fine. It's a new medium. Let your dad, let your brother, let whoever enjoy it. Let it be what it is. And I guess since we've we've kind of jumped past this, we're not going to go through the whole article. Let me just say a couple of the topic or talking points. No, I got to say real quick. It, that yeah. reminds me of the meme. It reminds me of the meme where the guy's like at the baseball game or sports game, whatever it is, and he's like got his hand up like this where it's like kind of half formed, and he's like talking to a woman who's wearing sunglasses, and people will just meme the oh, shit yeah. out of that. You know, and they'll be like, so, 
the prophet of truth is a blah 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 you know and they go start yeah. going into all this detail yeah, yeah, and yeah, the girl's just like what the fuck you know so yeah <laughs> it's like I me when i'm it. trying to think of like football positions and i'm like you, man that quarterback he he needs to get a new heel peeler in there heel peeler's not heel very peeler? good <laughs> yeah heel peeler oh i yeah, love you so, for that uh, yeah. continue yeah. brian continue but on. uh no so the, the big talking points <laughs> of interest here is if you didn't already know the halo tv show is not going to be canon a couple things to say about that one um if it was canon People would be much more likely to be butthurt about it not doing something accurate, you know. Yeah. So that's that's gone. Two, if it was uh, if it was canon, it would be extremely hard for the writers of that show to not contradict themselves when they have to look at twenty years of books and comics and an action figure that has a blurb on the back that counts as canon that says, yeah. "Oh, Master Chief never met this officer," and then he meets in the show, and it's like, "Oh, that's not canon," you know. So. So that it really helps make it easier for them to focus on making a good show first. Um, but see, that, that's the thing is you're going to have people that complain. Oh, the people say, uh, it's not canon. Uh, well, why do I care? Why should I watch it? Um, because it's entertaining. That's what shows and movies and films, you know, video games are about. Because it's entertaining. Like, who gives a shit? And honestly, like, in some senses, canon matters. But overall, canon doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, no. It's all Too made much. up. It's all made too up. much, too much emphasis on that. You know, I, I envy the fact that Halo is getting that because I mean, because of Disney. I mean, I loved Disney. Don't get me wrong, but we're probably never going to see like a Star Wars Legends original show or movie yeah. because they wanted to all coexist and no adapted. Neck beers and Edgewars out there will get so pissed off if it's not, and you know, and then if it's really good, then they'll go and start hating on people who. You know, they'll be like, "This is way better than you know the sequel trilogy," or they'll start yeah. that argument. It's just. Uh, but we're getting that with Halo. That's pretty cool. I, I don't know. I don't see why we well, have to get Well, that's a good point, up. too, Josh, because look at all... I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners right now who are saying, eh, I didn't really like the Star Wars trilogy, sequel trilogy. It screwed up this. It screwed up that. Right. You know, uh, Palpatine coming back. Ray. she kind of ruins Anakin being the Chosen One shit. Well, if you're someone like that, maybe you should be happy about uh, the Halo show not being canon. Because think if Disney had taken over Star Wars and they were like, we're just going to do Star Wars in our own, you know... Um, okay, well... Once again, I need to back it up. So what they're calling this Halo show, they're calling this Halo show the silver timeline. It is a silver being less than gold is how I see it. Gold timeline is the games, the books, everything you know. Silver is a separate timeline where they're going to use um, lots of things we know from the gold timeline, the, the books, the games, and all that. They're going to use that to make the show, but they're also going to introduce their own things. And then a cool thing they also mentioned is if the show goes on for a while and introduces new concepts that really go over well with fans, they could potentially introduce those concepts into the games later. Like, let's say they introduce a new alien species in Season 2 of the Halo show. Well, maybe in Halo, the, the sequel to Halo Infinite in 10 years, that alien appears in the game because it's become such a popular thing. So it's cool that we, they can borrow from each other. But the reason I brought that up was to say, imagine if Disney had acquired um, Star Wars and they had put things in the silver timeline. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of you right now who are saying... Damn, Brian, I would have liked that. I would have liked to not have the sequel trilogy screw up what I liked about the first six if I could just see it as a silver timeline. But then that also brings me back to another point to where it's like, <laughs> does canon matter? Because it doesn't really matter, right? Because I know, and sometimes it's hard with OCDs and stuff, and I have them too, but like, so so the sequel trilogies did some things. I'm a guy who loves the sequel trilogy, so take it from me. You know, I have an understanding of seeing both sides because I love the sequel trilogy, um, but you can still look at those six films from Star Wars and just like what they are. You know, Anakin was the chosen one. He fulfilled the prophecy. You know, uh, Palpatine was defeated. You can still look at it like that. I mean, yeah, the sequels exist, and yeah, they took a different direction, but you don't need to let the existence of three other films and this made-up canon that is... And 
that is facilitated by whoever owns the rights at the time, right? You had George Lucas uh, was in charge of what was canon, but then you pseudo had like the the books under George Lucas where he said like the books were secondary, but they yep. were also canon. Yeah. So it was like canon was a little bit all over the place then, and then Disney took over, and the only reason Disney gets to say it's canon is because they spent the money to acquire it. Canon is this floating, non-tangible thing that really doesn't matter. So just enjoy what you can enjoy. I'm excited for the Halo TV show. Uh, I had a friend Josh, I said I, I recommended. I was like, you have to, you have to listen. If you're gonna listen to a Star Wars audiobook, you have to listen to Plagueis, and it's just mm-hmm. one of the best Star Wars. That was novels. like one of the last books that got decanonized, right? Mm-hmm. It was one of the last ones to come out prior to the Disney acquisition, yeah. and uh, it's just essential reading for Star Wars books. It's like top five, and. I'm like, you got to listen to that, and that person isn't as interested because it's just not part of the canon. And I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, man, it just, you know, when I think of Star Wars, it's a good book. Yeah, it's a good book, and I I love it because I I loved, I remember the old Star Wars canon, and I I know it now, and I like both, and I don't, you know, I would be fine if they decided to put out a new Legends book from that takes place in the old canon or something. That's not going to stop me from loving this new canon. It's not going to, you know, and this new canon doesn't stop me from loving the old canon. Uh, they're two separate things, and I get to enjoy them for what they are. Uh, and I, I like that because, honestly, when it's not canon, uh, it's kind of refreshing to step out of, like, the bounds of what canon. Yeah. Like, the, like, like canon, in a way, is like a box, and you're kind of stuck in it. It's, like, gated, and you're kind of stuck in it. And when it's not canon, you can start to kind of do things and experiment a little. And, like, honestly, like, I want Halo to do that type of stuff. I don't want to watch a show that I kind of already know what to expect. Sometimes that's cool with adaptations, but, like, this is a video game series that spun off into books and some, like, sci-fi level, like, movies and stuff like that. And, I mean, all this stuff has been awesome, but, like, this is supposed to be a new start for that. Like, just let let that be a branching off point. So I'm glad they're introducing this new timeline. And it also, like, if we all look back on this stuff, guys, how cool is it? For Halo to been out as long as it is, to now warrant a second canon timeline, yeah. you know that's just really cool to think that it's come this far and done this much. Because as Brian has said in the past, what other franchise like in gaming has really done as much as Halo has in that way? It's just none. There's none. Yeah, there's, there's um, close, but none quite so much. A cool point to bring up. They mentioned in this article is that. Uh, just to, to kind of iterate how, or to reiterate how it's different than canon. Um, in this show, they won't discover Halo by accident in the game, like in mm-hmm. the games. They okay. will, they will knowingly go and discover the Halo ring, like as in that's planned. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, they've I already said that's how it's going to be. So I mean, yeah, if if you wanna, if you truly uh, hate the idea that this isn't canon or that actors aren't portrayed the way you want it or whatever. If you want to put your foot down and not watch it, not give it a shot, I mean, go ahead, speak with it, speak with your viewer, uh, your viewer numbers or whatever by not doing that. But I, I would just encourage people to to give it a shot, right? Give it a chance. I mean, and I see so many people coming in my mentions on Twitter and being like, "Yeah, I'll give it a shot, but I think it's going to be crap." I mean, does that really need to be said? I mean, does it really? I mean, is that your mindset going in? Like my mindset going in is, I'm going to try to get what I can get out of this. If I get a 30 minute episode and Master Chief does some cool shit in live action. That's just cool. Like even if the episode kind of sucks and the story's not that interesting, I get to see something cool like that. You know, I guarantee there's going to be a couple things in there at least by the end of that season that I'm saying, man, I wish this was a part of the actual lore, or I wish this was part right? of the video games, or yeah. I wish this was a level or a character that I wish was somewhere in there. I want more from this character, and that's the thing too. 
every single damn Halo fan that is willing to take the time to say, this is shit, I hate that it's not canon, I'm not watching it, they're going to watch it. They're oh, absolutely yeah. going to watch it. Oh, yeah. They'll do this, like, secret in the room. Like, they won't tell anybody. Like, they're watching it, and they're just like... And if they happen to enjoy it, they'll kind of keep it to themselves because they want to maintain that level of negativity. It's no one like, wants to admit they're wrong. Be, yeah. yeah. With the world. Go back, go back to episode... I think it was episode two of this podcast, guys. Me and Josh have been supporting this show for... Isn't that crazy to think about, man? Episode two, we talked about that because that was when that announcement came out, and here they we are. all the cast. Yeah. Almost three years, three full years later. Yeah, that show. We'll be watching the show three years later. Oh my much. god, <laughs> three years of fucking. Well, it would have probably been like two or less if it wasn't for COVID. That's true. That's very true. That was definitely yikes. Wild. But no, I bottom line for me, unless you got more on that um that article, but I nope. I I'm pretty excited for this show honestly, and I'm just uh you know I'm kind of in a hole when it comes to streaming shows right now. Like I can't latch on anything. I've been watching more movies than shows and stuff like that, and. uh I miss I miss video game stuff. I've been in such a I've been back on my D and D kick, and you know I'm we did the D and D episode on the cinema this podcast covering the movie from 2000, and I thought, why is there not really like D and D shows today? I mean, you have Vox Machina that just came out, but that's like not really associated with D and D. But I mean, like you have the movie coming out next year, but where's like all the content for that? Like in today's streaming market and today's like just movie market, all this stuff. But like in the same goes for Halo. So it's nice that Halo is about to get that, you know? So it's really like in every area it's kind of covered now. And so this is the closest we get to like a theatrical release. I don't know. It's pretty exciting. Pretty yeah. Exciting. Last thing I have to say on it is congrats to Alex Haruspis, our buddy, because he's the one who uh, did the article. Wrote up this article. Yeah. It's like a second article ever. And he got to speak with Frank and Kiki about, he the did show. such it's, a good job. It's gotta be uh out of body experience for him. Yeah. Getting to this point. So gotta be surreal. Did you see that? Was it, uh, uh, how does he, how does he say it? Is a hocus locust in the discord? Yeah. He was saying, I don't know if you saw Shout that. Shout out he to said Hocus that, Locust. Yeah, he said yesterday, he, he was like, he asked us in the Discord, he was like, Brian and Josh, did you know when you had a Roosmas on your show for the retrospective that he was going to be hired by 343? Oh, and we were no, like, I missed that. I must have been sleeping. Sorry. Like, we're like, no, we didn't. Yeah, we did no, not we know that we at all. We genuinely did not. We, we, and the thing is, we didn't even know. He was technically already on the Halo Infinite Forerunner Council giving feedback and visiting 343. Right. Uh, he was already doing that when he came on to do the retrospective for us, and he ne- and he never once shared that with us. So yeah, he I just it's he funny kept to think it to back to of the, some of the questions we asked him like on air and off, and I'm just picturing him like, oh, uh, I already know, but I can't tell you. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to be but he didn't know he was going to be hired at three four three either. That that's not something he had to keep a secret from us. He just when we were doing the retrospective, he had no idea that was coming no, for yeah. himself and. But the the four hundred council thing he he was on and he he did a good job of keeping that because we had yeah. no idea. But no, and and Alex Alex deserves deserves all the the love and all the support and and it's good to see him being so successful with this. I can't I I hope he I hope he grows. I hope I see him in a vid doc someday. Yeah, right. And he'll be speaking. It'll be the most like eargasm thing ever on the whole doc. Yeah, people will be like that part at a minute twenty two in. It's really relaxed. Like <laughs> really people relaxed. will just start referring to. Uh, this guy from the documentary, Alex, will start referring to him as like the the prime writer and leader of the stories at three four three, and and even though under his name it says like community writer, but and then you'll just find out that people just assume that he's the lead writer because of how his voice sounds and how smart he seems. Like they'll just be like, oh, that's got to be the guy who's. <laughs> 
you know. I can see Alex getting right. to the point where he'd be a writer for one of the games, or at least the. Oh the yeah, book. I mean he's 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 way younger than way younger than you, and quite a few years younger than me. Uh, he's got a long life ahead of him to 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 get to that. He point. Does he does? I think he's going to get there. So, but yeah, that was awesome. Big Josh shout out looked to at me you. when I said way younger than you. Like, what do you think I am? Some old piece of shit. I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> But uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, big shout out to Alex, man. A lot of love to you uh, if you're listening. And uh, yeah, that was great. That was great to see. And I can't. I, it, you had Kiki in there, had uh, Frank in there, and that was just cool to see. Um, you know that little back and forth yep. and stuff from that article. So. All right, moving on from the Halo show, guys. Uh, this is something that we're oh, a little well, last thing. About. Last thing. Um, sorry, real quick. Just going to take a quick mention. Uh, so you guys probably heard about the trailer for the Halo series actually lands tomorrow oh, yeah. during halftime of the AFC Championship game. That's on CBS and Paramount Plus, I guess, too. But uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to be probably missing that game. I think I'm going to watch the Super Bowl with my dad, but I'll probably miss that game. But obviously, you know, you got to figure they're going to put that shit up on Twitter like ASAP. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll give you a little spoiler alert to something that's going to happen after that trailer comes out tomorrow. You're going to see somewhere on Twitter... Uh, me saying to Josh, that look good, Joe. <laughs> that look that good. good. That look good. <laughs> <laughs> look at all uh, the colors. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Guys, yeah, so. Yeah. For, go ahead. Oh, Josh, do you have something else no, to say? No, no, no. Okay. Go ahead. I was going to take a song. Uh, go ahead. Moving on to our main topic, guys. We're just going to kind of talk about uh, our history with gaming from the very, very beginning, our earliest possible memory we can dig Yes, up, let's take a All step the way till time. To Halo and pass Halo on to now. Um, so, Josh, I'll start by saying, because I think I have... A very interesting um, origin for how I started playing video games, and I maybe I'm too confident about this, but I feel like I'm the only. I feel like of every single person that will ever listen to our podcast, okay, or join our Discord community, I feel like I'm the only one who started with the Atari Jaguar system. Interesting. I, don't I do remember know, you I mentioning be this before, but I don't yeah. know the whole story. Yeah. So. So if you guys don't know what the Atari Jaguar is, Atari Jaguar is the last system that Atari made before becoming just a games developer third party. Um, The Atari Jaguar was marketed as a 64-bit console, much like the Nintendo 64, but some people said that it wasn't really 64-bit because it was like two 32 bits running in tandem that could be used together mm. or something like that but it wasn't like a full 64 bit but it was like the first one to market uh it was called the atari jaguar uh it did not do very well at all it uh didn't it didn't have a long life it didn't take off uh other things came along and were much better but what's so cool about why the atari jaguar is the first system i started with it's because get this you never hear of anybody actually doing this right my dad was listening to the radio, and they had a call into the show, and if you're the seventh caller, you'll win an Atari Jaguar system with two games and an extra controller. I remember this story. I love this and story. And my dad called into the radio station and was the caller that they asked for. He was the right number, and he got sent an Atari Jaguar system with games and, and all that. How cool is that? Yeah. So the only reason we had a game system in our house at... The age I was playing, I don't. I was probably like four or five, maybe three. Just a little baby, Brian. Just a little baby, yeah, Brian. Really young. Just a really just a little Jaguar. Little Hobbit, Brian. Little Hobbit. Um, yeah, so I had so we had this Atari Jaguar, and that was the first game console I ever played. And I remember my favorite game to play of the ones we had. I think my dad had like a Madden game or something for our or a type of football game he liked to play. Because mm-hmm. I can I can remember my dad being too sick to go to church one day. And we came back from church, and he was playing 
football on the Atari Jaguar. And I'm like, Dad, that's not fair. I had to go to church. I wanted to stay home and play football. <laughs> that's um, such a dad thing to do. I love it. Right? Um, but it. my favorite game on this Atari Jaguar was called Cybermorph. Um, so in this game, Cybermorph, it wasn't... Look this up while you're talking to me. Or talking yeah, to it me. wasn't a good game. And I did. I couldn't even get past the first mission or level because I was like, like I said, four or five. But you basically flew around in this little ship like Star Fox from the same perspective as Star Fox. And there was this green woman, her like a green face woman. I see her. Yeah. yeah. And she'd be at the top I of the screen and she'd be like telling you where to go. Or if you'd like crash into something, she'd be like, why did you do that? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so that was the first game I played with Cybermorph. I'm going to read here a little bit, Josh. I got the Atari Jaguar um wikipedia pulled up just to give you guys a little bit of information on this so it says the atari jaguar is a home video game console developed by atari corporation and released in north america in november 1993 so november 1993 when this was released i was just over a year old so i would have started playing this it probably would have already been not for sale anymore by the time i started playing it but uh so it was part of the fifth generation of video game consoles it competed with the 16-bit sega genesis and the Super Nintendo, and the 32-bit 3DO Interactive multiplayer that launched the same year. Oh, whoa. Uh, and then it said, so that's the thing is, right? You think competing with the Super NES and the Sega Genesis, which were both at 16-bit, you would have thought this marketed 64-bit console would have just owned them, but yeah. it didn't. Uh, it says, despite its two custom 32-bit processors, it's kind of like what I was talking about. There's two of two 32-bit instead of 164. Yeah. Uh, the 32-bit processors were called Tom and Jerry, oddly enough. Uh, <laughs> nice. That's actually kind of cool. That's cool. It said, uh, the custom 32-bit processors, in addition to a Motorola 68000, Atari marketed as the world's first 64 game system, emphasizing its 64-bit bus used by... Uh, Blitter? I don't know what that means. Hmm. Um, the Jaguar launched with Cybermorph as the pack-in game. So that's why I. That's why we had that. It was the pack-in game, uh, which received divisive reviews. Uh, the system's library ultimately comprised of only 50 licensed games. So its whole lifespan only had 50 games, Josh. Ouch. Um, I don't so know. If I look uh, back, it almost doesn't sound like that's that bad. Because I just remember there being... Like, I can remember walking into a video games, etc. Our local mom-and-pop shop that we got out here, guys, and... I remember seeing like so many different consoles that they had, and I just remember thinking like, well, video games have only been around since like the '80s, really. So I was like, "That's yeah." Lot. You know, there. I mean, there was a lot. Well, There's so many different Ataris and so on. I'm pretty sure the Super NES had like near a thousand games. So it's yeah, by comparison, it's like whoa. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it said Atari attempted to ex- extend the lifespan of the system with the Atari Jaguar CD add-on with an additional 13 games, and emphasizing the Jaguar's price being $100 less than its competitors. With the release of the Sega Saturn and Sony PlayStation in 1995, sales of the Sega Jaguar continued... Or not, sorry, Sega Jaguar. Sorry, Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> sales of the Atari Jaguar continued to fall. Incorporated. It sold no more than 150,000 units before it was finally discontinued in 1996. The commercial mm. failure of the Jaguar prompted Atari to leave the console market. Ah, so that was their last one then. Yep. Makes so, sense. Uh, ni- I don't remember anything after. So if it went, if they quit selling it by '96, I mean, at best, I started playing it the year that it went defunct. Um, but uh, <laughs> the radio station was like, "Get rid of this shit." Yeah, well, I don't it's know how long my dad had it before I played it. It's really hard for me to. Oh, here's another interesting stat: it says the best-selling game on the Atari Jaguar at 85,000 copies sold was Alien vs. Predator. Oh, nice. Well, that makes yeah. sense. 
Very interesting. Everyone Very wanted that on the big screen, and we didn't get it for a couple more years. So yeah, the follow up was supposed. The follow up to the Jaguar was supposed to be the Atari Panther. <laughs> it got canceled. Um, <laughs> well, the names. So yeah. are, they're like, we'll go with animal names. Yeah, Zootopia's yeah. Is in. Absolutely. So yeah, so that was my start with games. I remember there was a Mortal Kombat ripoff on the Atari Jaguar That's that I played. It literally. I mean, it seemed like Mortal Kombat because it was such a straight ripoff, but I remember playing that. <laughs> um, the controller was really weird. It was black, and it had, like, you know, your, your D-pad, and then it had, like, three red buttons on one side, and then it had, like, the center where you'd have, like, your start select. It had, like, eight buttons there. Huh. It was strange. Uh, but I remember, like, once we got our PlayStation 1, which was our, our the next system we got, I remember my dad putting the Atari Jaguar in, like, the hallway closet in the back storage area. Oh, and I remember no. just pulling it out one day. And seeing it and being like, oh, yeah, this is so cool. And, like, hooking it up and it wouldn't work. And oh. I don't know, but. Uh, I will yeah. go save yeah. no, no more. more. <laughs> <laughs> but then Andrew Garfield sweeps in and catches him. <laughs> that, that meme killed me. That's that my favorite good. one so far. The, That's that great. and the Mufasa one is the best one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. So good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so start with Atari Jaguar. And then I remember for Christmas one year. We got the original fat, really square, blocky, gray PlayStation the 1. The only one to get. Yeah. Um, well, we ended up having the mini one, too, which I thought was cool. Well, I'll so. go fuck myself. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> you know why we had to get the PlayStation mini, Josh? Why is that? Because Creighton got popcorn kernels in the lens area of the PlayStation <laughs> 1. Ruined it. Yeah. How do you get the kernels? How do you get that close with the popcorn? To get I the mean, he, in there. he was like not. He was probably like two or three. He was just crawling around, pushing them into the PlayStation while we were oh, looking. Just popped that makes it open. More sense. Just, hey, there's a hole in the center. Let me just throw popcorn in there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we got that for Christmas. Uh, so so when I say like the Atari Jaguar was my first video game console and where I started, that is the truth. But where I really feel like gaming started for me is like these real good true memories was the PS One. We had games like uh, I think I think the first Crash Bandicoot game I played was Warped. And that's kind of the thing that's crazy. Warped is the third one. That's the thing that's kind of crazy when you think about your history of gaming. You always like to picture um, that you were gaming as these things came out. But then mm-hmm. you look back in your history and you realize, oh, wait, that game was already three years old by the time I started. <laughs> yeah, like, like for definitely. instance, like Josh, you're, you're um, oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a game. What's a game that you played a lot, but it was probably been out for years? Oh, God, it would time. have been Super Mario Brothers, which Super was Mario the first video game I ever played, yeah. Yeah, so by then it was like three or four years old. Oh, five yeah. Years old. I mean, shit, the Super Nintendo was out. So, I mean, but that was yeah. my first video game was uh, the original Nintendo Super Mario. Yeah, because like Ocarina of Time came out in 1998, and I always think of myself as playing it in 98. Like, I mm-hmm. have to consciously tell myself, I think it was actually like low-key 2000 when I played it for the first time. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we had the PlayStation 1. Uh, games I remember on the PlayStation 1 that I absolutely adored was Crash Bandicoot Warped. I did eventually get the other Crash Bandicoot games, but Warped was awesome. That was my first one. Crash Team Racing, of course, which has been like a, a one of the goats for me and Cr- my brother Creighton. We love I gotta say real quick, since Brian loves that game, I've always had a fondness for it too because I had a demo disc that had it on it, mm. and it was just like one, maybe two levels, and I played it religiously. It's probably the second most played demo in my life on a disc outside of Spider-Man 2000 mm. from Neversoft. I loved that. Okay. It was so much fun, but for whatever reason, I never ended up getting around to playing the full game of Crash Team Racing. And then come full circle, it's 2019. Brian's about to get married. The new version comes out. The remaster. Yeah, the remaster comes out, and Brian and Creighton are hyped as all get out. That's like their fixation outside of Brian getting married, of course. And um, 
for the bachelor party, we ended up having just everyone over. And Eric was there, um, just had a bunch of their friends over and some of Brian's friends and myself. And we ended up switching off playing that racing, and it was a blast. So got a soft spot for that. See, and that's that's when I knew I made the right decision marrying Erica because so we were all – so. Uh, CTO Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel the the remaster it came out like the day before I got married yep so I was like I'm gonna play this the day before I get married and then I'm gonna have to set it aside because we're getting married and then we're going on our honeymoon and that's gonna be that well literally the day the morning after our wedding we're getting packed up to go to Florida for our honeymoon and Erica asks me if we can bring the PlayStation 4 so we can play Crash Team Racing on our honeymoon Aww. and I was like are you serious? She's like, yeah, that'd be fun. I'll be like, hell yeah, let's pack it up, let's go. Because I'm thinking like, you know, that's so sweet. It should be it should be like uh, men interacting with women one on one. You don't ask to bring a video game console on your honeymoon. Yeah. That's that's cringe. So I never asked, I but think she that's did. Awesome. Yeah. And I was like, that was cool. So we played lots of CTR. Um, but yeah, so going back, um, lots of games on the PS One that were amazing to me. You already mentioned Spider Man from NeverSoft was amazing. Mm-hmm. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Ape Escape. Um, Oh, I played this game called, I think it was called Blaster. Shout out to Corey Hanks. Uh, it had like this big... <laughs> Corey Hanks, the video game. It had like this big heavy guy in like a red suit. Kind of looked like Mr. Incredible with like a little blaster gun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jersey Devil was another one. You played as this little um, purple devil looking mascot. Yeah. And there was these like pumpkins you had to fight. Oh, really shit. Tough. See, I never played that, but now that you say that, I do remember it. Uh, oh, I, I didn't. I left it out. My first video game ever for the PS1, the game that my parents packaged with the PS1 for Christmas was Hercules the video game, the, based off of uh, the, the... Now, okay, Brian, you're a big Hercules uh, Disney fan, so was this, getting this game, playing this, was this pre... Like, were you already into the movie? Yeah. Or did, or was this, like, sort of what... Yeah, that you? was the game I wanted for my parents. was like, I want that Hercules game. I saw commercials or whatever. Okay. And crazy yeah, thing is, I've, on, on I've played it recently, dude. I think it's actually a good game. I don't think it's nostalgia. I think it's actually a well-done Pretty game. Pretty good? Yeah. I mean, it's Man, nothing it's like... It's so weird I missed out on that whole Hercules thing, because it's like... What I, I don't know if I've ever seen that beginning to end, but anytime I've watched that, I really like it. But I just I, that was one of those Disney movies. I just like, kind of like it came and went for me. I don't know. Hmm. But continue, yeah. man. You were just older, too. Just enough older. Yeah, than I suppose so. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a, it was the interesting thing was it was a two D side scroller for the PlayStation One, but because it was on the PS One and they were able to do more than two D. You had levels where you'd be like behind Hercules, and it would be like an auto runner. Seeing that now, he's like running through this like this trap of like these fists that are like closing in yep. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's literally like right behind them. That's cool. And it, it, and it had it was able to include like motion video, like scenes from the film, which you wouldn't have been able to do in Good older graphics. consoles. And it was it was a really fun game. Wow. Like I said, I played it recently, cool. and it's uh, it's still a great game. Do you did you ever play the Emperor's New Groove on the PlayStation? I did, but I played it for I was the same version, but I played it on the PC. Six, Oh, okay, PC. PC, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, I remember playing that and liking that. But um, yeah, that was. Do good. you remember the? Okay, Jim Carrey's The Grinch had a video game. Did you ever play that? I wanted it back then, but I never got it. Okay, because I did play that, and I remember just I have the vague memory of playing it from a rental, and it was, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. But go ahead. Um. Yeah, but the PS One had so many good games, and the thing is, when you when you think about the 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 prime like gems of the PS1 that are known today. Mm-hmm. I've barely mentioned any of them. You know, I wasn't into Resident Evil. I was honestly way too scared to play that. Um, Same. Final Fantasy 7 or any of those Final Fantasies like Daunting. I'm sure there's people I'm sure there's people who are listening that are like I did, but I'm like 
how can any kid around five or six years old be able to comprehend a game like Final <laughs> Fantasy enough to beat it? Because like I was using a guide when I beat Final Fantasy VII. Hey, a couple years ago. Um, so like yeah, Final Fantasy VII and then stuff like uh, Shout Out to Photon, like Legend of Dragoon, these RPGs that were super, uh, really well, you know they're, they're revered um, games like those I never really got to play. Uh, there's so many. The PS1's library was so big, right? Like that was a time when Nintendo wasn't adapting to the changing of times. And the CD-ROMs came out. They were able to hold so much more. And every third-party developer said, I want to go to PlayStation. And PlayStation just had uh, just so many games. Uh, but that brings me to my next point in my like kind of evolution of gaming is as a, you know, I'm making up these ages because it's hard to remember exactly when, but as a five, six, seven-year-old with a PlayStation 1, a lot of my friends had the Nintendo 64. And when you're a kid... Nintendo a 64! Nintendo 64! And when you're a kid, a lot of times the console your friends have that you don't have is cooler because it's like, yep, I don't have it. I've been there. And I thought to myself, I was like, as a six, seven year old, you know, like, I like kids' games, right? Because I am a kid. So I'm yeah. like, Mario, you know, Kirby, Smash, Mario Kart, Zelda. Like, those all look so cool, and you can't play any of them on your PlayStation 1. So I would go over to my cousin's house, and we'd play Mario and 64 and. and He'd have Zelda in the back, but we never really played that because we thought it was a game for girls, like a po- like a pony game or a princess oh, game, because it's called The Legend of Zelda. I played a Barbie um, game course, once. I sucked at it. Mm. But you loved every minute of it, probably. I did initially until I couldn't get through the first like room. And yeah, I was like, a, mm. but that happened to me what on the Game Gear as well. What if they released a Josh? Hit me up with the sound of a sequel to Toy Story Two: Buzz Lightyear to the Rescue that comes out today, mm. but it's a sequel that's just a spinoff. Where you play as the Barbie from that movie, the whole game, trying to uh, save Buzz. <laughs> hey guys, do you remember me from Toy Story 2? Well, guess what? We're back for more have fun and adventure in Toy Story 3, Barbie to the rescue. This time it's Buzz who needs saving. Join us in 12 levels of Barbie fun, combing, driving, and dating with Ken. Action-packed fun and only $49.99. Pre-order now and get exclusives to Malibu Beach Barbie skin. I'm Thanks. tour guide Barbie. <laughs> and that's when that's when uh, Potato Head said, I'm a married spud, I'm a married spud, I'm a married spud. Like, he doesn't want to look at her because... <laughs> Things yeah. I didn't get when I was a kid. Oh, I, I didn't either. I'm like, yeah, what does that even mean? Like, 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 first oh. of all, what spud mean? And then why did you saying you're married right now? I don't understand. Yep. Thank you, Disney. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so, but anyway, so I was like, I really wanted Nintendo 64 when I had the PlayStation 1, and uh, I kind of envy these times as a kid because I wasn't so caught up on the new tech, right? Like, by the time the Series X was coming out, Josh, you and I were ready to pick it up the day it released. But back when you're a little kid, you can get a PS1 for Christmas when the PS2's already out, and you don't really care. You're just like, oh, games, you know, this is cool. Yeah. You know, think about it. But so I wanted N64, so eventually, through a bunch of things happening... I got a. I found a Super Nintendo at a garage sale with some games that I got really cheap, and then I ended up trading that after a while to the game store for a used N64 because by now the GameCube was already out, so the 64 was like cheap, and I got a used N64, and that's when I got into um, Super Mario, and that's when I started getting into Zelda and stuff, and I kind of became a bigger Nintendo. I not kind of I did. I became a bigger fan of Nintendo than I did of Sony, even though I grew up with the PlayStation One. Uh, so really got into that, was playing N64, uh, had a lot of good memories of, it's kind of funny, Josh, you always talk about the amazing memories we had in the, the legendary basement in our adulthood. But I know in my walls. In my childhood, the legendary basement was my fr- our friend Kyle Fogel's basement. His, his, 
his parents' basement in the house. That's where they just that's where kids went to play. And in the basement, they had a you know an old CRT TV and an N sixty four, and we played Pokemon Stadium and Super Smash Bros. I was one to play that, but never did. I never was, have played Pokemon, what, Pokemon Stadium? Stadium. Yeah, oh, it was a lot of fun. It, was a lot it of looked. Fun. A they had a lot of, of cool mini games. I remember there was all these mini games that I would always lose at. But whenever we got to the Magic Carp video game where you had to make a fish flop really fast, I always won. I was like a god at fish flopping. Yeah, which is crazy. That's awesome. Um, but nice. I have so many memories of just sitting on the carpet on the floor. In Kyle's basement, playing Ocarina of Time and like getting confused on where to go or what to do next, and begging Kyle to help me because he'd beaten it already and stuff like <laughs> that. So, yeah, just really good memories with N64. And then eventually, after having the N64 for a while, I wanted a GameCube, so I asked for a GameCube for Christmas. I got a GameCube, and I've, I'm pretty sure I've told this story before, but the, I one game I wanted for yeah, I think I told it in our Christmas episode. I just told it not too long ago. The one game I wanted for my GameCube was the the sequel to Crash Team Racing, which was Crash Nitro. Ah, yes. But tell it sucked. Yeah. It was a crappy <laughs> game. It wasn't made by Naughty Dog. It wasn't very good. So that was kind of unfortunate. But I ended up getting, you know, the GameCube was like my next kind of, uh, that was my next place for gaming. I ended up getting Wind Waker and Super Smash Bros. Melee. Hey, did you ever play the that. Star Wars games like Rebel, um, Rebel Strike and stuff like that? I, I was I was Rogue interested Squadron. in Star Wars games growing up, but I was never interested in ones that had to do with ships. I wanted gotcha. ones where you played as a character. Same, yeah. Same. Um, so, but I did enjoy Episode One Pod Racing on the sixty four. So I good, like man. Who doesn't? I think even non Star Wars fans like that. Game. Yeah, was that was just a fun. That was a well made game. Um, yeah. So I had the GameCube for a while, and by the time I was on the GameCube, I was like full blown Nintendo fanboy. I was like Zelda Mario is the best. I don't care about PlayStation. And then you like you Donkey know, Kong. I like well, I like Donkey Kong, but there was no the only Donkey Kong game they put on the GameCube was the the Donkey Konga Bongo one. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, but wasn't there like a there was Donkey Kong sixty four, right? Oh yeah, I love Donkey Kong sixty four. Was that, that was the one where you had to go, but like you had to switch between the three, and like sometimes like you had to go switch to one dude to get the red bananas, yeah. even though you yeah. might have been there as the other characters. So, oh. I feel there was four of them. There was Lanky Kong, Daisy Kong, Donkey Kong, and Diddy Kong. Okay, and and then. Cranky Kong? There might have been five. I don't know. But yeah, you had to have the expansion pack for N64 to play. The two two games, two amazing games, you could not play unless you had that little red expansion pack you plugged in your N64. Donkey Kong 64 and Majora's Mask. You couldn't play either of them without that expansion Really? Pack. And why was that again? What was the question? Uh, I've actually watched like a documentary or like retrospective on this. I can't remember what it was, but like... Like it was almost like the 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 RAM processing speed or something. Like it, it just wasn't quick enough with the original. Uh-huh. So you had to have this red. You just pulled out. It had like a little black chip. You pulled out the top of the N64. You put the red one in, and you could then play Majora's Mask and Donkey Kong. Oh, okay. The nice thing is when those games came out, they came with the the red chip in the box with the no game. shit. Wow, that's super consumer. But you know today they wouldn't do that. No, just be like, that's You're super consumer friendly. Like yeah, sorry about this, but here you go. Yeah, so, you know, by the time I got to the GameCube, I was a super big Nintendo fanboy. Um, I had a little I had a little Sega phase, but it was never, like, I know Josh, and we're going to pass over to him here soon. Josh had the Dreamcast, so he literally had, like, a Sega phase. My Sega phase was right when they went third party. Mm-hmm. I got really into the 3D Sonic games, which came to GameCube. So I had Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic Heroes. Rolling around at the speed of sound. Got places to go, gotta follow my rainbow. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that wasn't even planned. That was beautiful. Sega boys on back. Um, yeah, so so I got had a little Sega phase there. So basically, I'm just I'm apex. I'm bringing this whole story up to this this point where Halo enters the fray, right? Because at this point, I had you started with the Jaguar. I 
grew up with the PlayStation, got into Nintendo, loved Nintendo the most, got a GameCube, super hardcore Nintendo fanboy, right? Uh, it's a now, and at this point, I'm just like, Nintendo's better than Sony, mm-hmm. but I still like Sony. Well, then, I remember being at church and whatnot, and kids talking about, we're all talking about, like, you hear Microsoft's making a console? And be like, Microsoft? You mean the guys who invented the internet? You know, we were so stupid, we didn't yeah. know what we were talking about. You know, like, the computer guy? Like, they can't do that. Their console's gonna suck. Who wants to play video games on a PC, you know? Which is funny, because at this point, I actually skipped over this part of my gaming history. For one Christmas, a gift to all of us was we got a first family computer, and they bought us each a game. Mine was Emperor's New Groove for PC. Oh, okay, nice. That was my nice first game. Cra- I can't remember what Creighton's was. I, I remember him playing it, but I don't know. We ended up getting Roller Coaster Tycoon, other games for that. Was that that Eventually, one where you told in the Christmas episode where Creighton was like, I know Creighton. what you're getting for Christmas. Yep, Creighton's about <laughs> it. And then once, dude, once we got AOL and the dial-up cord, it was all over because then we discovered RuneScape. And all me and my friends were playing RuneScape. I just heard that that's getting like a ta- its own tabletop series. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, dude. You know what? I, it's weird. Like, as a little kid, I loved RuneScape. And then once you get older, you look back at RuneScape and you go, oh, that game was shitty. That was a stupid kid's game. And then I remember in high school, me and Kyle got back into it for a little bit. We liked it again. And then I remember after that, like, becoming an adult and being like, yeah, RuneScape's stupid. And then just... Less than a year ago, I had a little resurgence of playing it again, and I've just come to the realization. It was Josh, wasn't it because we talked? We did the episode with Luke, and then he was talking about how big a fan he was. I uh, think it was. Yeah, Luke. that's what it was because Luke got me back into it. Yeah, yeah. Hidden Xperia. Shout out yeah. to Hidden Xperia. So uh, I've just come to the conclusion, Josh. RuneScape is a good game. Yeah, it looks weird and it's not accessible for everyone, but you know, there's a reason it's still popular. Twenty some. What I later. played of it, it had a lot of charm to it. Yeah. So yeah, RuneScape is a good game, but yeah. So like, there was definitely that whole phase of like fighting with my brother and my parents because I wanted to sit there and play RuneScape all day on the computer, but it took up the phone line and my mom needed to use the phone. Yeah. Or my brother wanted to play. And I remember like trying to make deals with my brother. Like, if you just let me play longer, I'll transfer you some gold for my character. And he'd be like, no, I just want to play. And I'd be like, no. You know, I was going to play. <laughs> I remember playing um, the original Doom on the PC. Okay. And that's when Creighton and me, would, you know, we're kids, so our bodies are small enough. Creighton and I would both sit on the computer chair together. Aww. And... Uh, Hobbit Creighton, Creighton would shoot and I would control the character. Oh, so that's I dope. Would, and it was like, so yeah, it's like I would never want to play that way now, but it's like, you know, because there's no way to play it two player. So, no. Um, yeah, that's so yeah, cool. PC that's... memories, but mainly I was an N64 uh, kid. That was what I, our, our uh, Nintendo kid in general. And uh, yeah, so Microsoft started talking about making a console. And I was just like, no, I'm not about that. Screw Microsoft. I hate them. Don't like them. Uh, then, don't it, then it came. Then it came out. And you just started hearing about Halo, you know. People started calling it. They didn't call it the Xbox. Started calling it the Halo box. Maybe I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was like a worldwide thing or just me and my friends. But me and my friends for a while called it the Halo box. Like it was an insult because it was like there's nothing good to play on it except Halo. And but the thing is, at the time for us that hadn't played it, we didn't know how good Halo was. We had no idea how good Halo was. So it was like we mocked it, but it was like if you knew. Like, that's the thing. Halo was so good that even if it was the only game on the console, did it matter? Not really. It was that good. Right. Um, so it was a couple years. Uh, let's see. Halo came out in 2001. So it was it was a month after Halo 2 came out. So now mm-hmm. Halo 1's been out for three years. I've been hating on Xbox for three years. I've been hating on Halo. And I won't tell that story again because 50 times now on the podcast how I got <laughs> good, into Halo. Good, good. But uh, I started with Halo 2 mm-hmm. at a friend's house. I played the first few levels of Halo 2, was mind blown, and I was like, I think this is the best video game I've ever played. I I think Your world I was changed. in that 
in that moment after playing Cairo Station Outskirts Metropolis, I was like, I think I might just like this more than everything. I'm like, screw Nintendo, screw Sony. Like, I just think, I think this is the best. Was it a it Pandora's just, box moment in a way where, you, where you're like, because I mean, that I'll get into it, but that's where it was for me, where it was like, suddenly I played an Xbox game, it was Halo, and then I'm like, well, shit, if this is good, what else do oh. they got? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely assumed that like, if I get into that Xbox ecosystem, my gaming life is going to transform. And in a sense, it did, but not the way I thought. Like, we've been over this before. We thought that every game we bought was going to be that good, like Brute Force <laughs> and, and Blink's the Cat. Well, Brute Force is the lone exception of being uh, No, let's stop that. <laughs> uh, Shout out to Bruce for, Brute Force. Come on, Phil. Give me that remaster. Hey, you know, use the IP and make a good make a good new reboot of Brute Force, right? Uh, yeah, I know. You completely reinvent it. It doesn't have to be anything like the original. Give it the gear system. Give it the gears. Oh, my God. Yeah, seriously. You could do so much with Brute Force. Um... Anyway. Yeah, so once I play Halo 2, I, I think what it was for me is if you think about my primary gaming experiences up to Halo, it was Sonic Adventure 2 and Ocarina of Time and Mario and Crash Bandicoot. Those games do not excel really at all in telling a story. There are, are, are having believable characters. You know, Sonic was like a two hedgehogs trying to save the world from a, and there's like an Eggman, and you know, you got Zelda, which is. Great, but Zelda's a very typical boy grows up and defeats bad guy and saves the world. Hey, I love that, though. That's cool. uh, Mario is, you know, fight Bowser and, and, you know, get stars. Love it. So when I played Halo 2, you know, Halo 2 is my entry point, And I'm seeing the, the well, first of all, the mind-blowing graphics at the time. And I'm seeing, like, this badass character, Chief. I'm seeing this. I didn't really know who he was at the time, but I'm seeing the Arbiter and him being on trial. I'm seeing the Prophets talk and say all this highbrow stuff i'm seeing tartarus i'm seeing sergeant johnson i'm seeing them get dr hood and miranda, miranda keys getting yep. the award getting the uh, awards pinned on there's so much there, there the cutscenes were like a movie it was so yeah. thematic the characters the dialogue it, and it i felt transported to another world i felt like something really existed out there like halo halo's world really existed those characters and i was playing it and i was just hanging on every word i didn't even know what was going on you get i mean i was i was a little kid and i i I didn't have, uh, I'd never played Combat Evolved, so I just really had no idea what was going on, but it was just like, I was so drawn into this world, I never experienced anything like it. Yeah. And I started playing it, and I'd never really played too many, I mean, my first person shooter experience was Doom, which is, you know, not 3D, so it's a bit different, and then GoldenEye, which I never got too mm. huge into GoldenEye, despite that being big. What about Metroid? Um, well, Metroid, well, Metroid Prime is technically, it's not really, it's kind of crazy to explain, Josh, but it, it's... It's from the perspective of first person, but it's not really a first person shooter. Okay. It's kind of weird. But yeah, I played a little bit of that, but wasn't big into that. So playing Halo was kind of like my real like transformative first person experience. And playing playing that campaign and getting the story and characters and just how much fun it was to shoot and kill aliens and throw grenades and melee and holy crap, you can get in a warthog or a ghost, you can hijack this. It was Hell yeah. I mean, it just shot it felt like I shot ten years into the future. Suddenly, I was an Xbox fanboy. Nintendo was second best. I still like Nintendo, but I was like, it was second best. <laughs> One game eclipses all of that. That's all it took. Throw dude. it, it was, all away. It was, just, it was just crazy. So that I got, I got myself up to Halo, Josh. So I would like you to take the reins now and get us Halo? from sure. yeah, get get up to Halo from from the first video game you can remember playing. Yep. So mine was the original Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo. I don't remember how old I was, but I was super young, probably the same age as, as Brian and. Uh, all we had was Super Mario Brothers. We had Paperboy, and we had a golf game. Kid Me was not going to play that golf game, but 
I played Super Mario Brothers, and I got to a point where I was able to almost like speed run through it. I mean, for that those times, not quite like today's times, but I really like knew it up and down, and I loved playing it, and it felt really rewarding because it was still difficult for me. Um, loved playing that Paperboy. I didn't understand that game. I would pop it in because it was like I'd be in that mood. I'd beat Mario Brothers, and I'd be like, I want something else to play. Uh, and all we had was that, so I'd pop it in, and then I'd go down the street like a little bit, and I would just chuck the papers at the windows, and then I would hit one, and this old woman would come out with a rolling pin, and I'd always think it was my grandma, so I'd get scared, and I'd turn the console off. How'd she get in the game? I know. I didn't think of it like that. (laughs) I really didn't think of it like that, but I was dumb, and, but anyway, and that's another thing, too, going back to bring it full circle real quick, like, when the Super Mario Brothers movie came out, which is so good and so much fun, completely different than the video game, and granted, it's not like it had a lot to pull from. It's closer to Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I loved it for what it was, and I have, I still want a sequel to this day. I want to know I, what I would happened love to then. watch it right now, honestly. Yeah, me too. I, I actually bought that. Hey, Ouija, man, I I spent $4 buying the DVD the other day on Amazon. Like, they, they have a Blu-ray of it, and it's, like, only Region 2, so I can't have that, uh, which sucks. But I yeah. bought the Blu-ray, or I'm sorry, I bought the DVD for 4 bucks. so I'm definitely going to rewatch it soon. But Is it, Can you buy it on Vudu, I wonder? No, that's why I had to buy. I actually bought that. I bought Mighty Morphin Power Rangers because oddly enough, Turbo is available digitally, but not Mighty Morphin. So in the same with Surf Ninjas for anybody who's seen okay, that. Okay, I gotta get. I gotta get me a copy of Super Mario. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, going back to that, um, that was really all I played on the original Nintendo. But we're talking like I was born in '88, so we're talking like early '90s, somewhere in there. So I mean, Super Nintendo's out, you know, and stuff like that, and got like some of the other consoles that were were trying and, and failing at the time and stuff. The next thing I got was a Sega Game Gear, and I had a Sonic game on there. My sister got one. She got like a limited edition, like blue one, and it came with the Lion King. Man, the amount of money your mom must have been paying for batteries with two <laughs> Sega Game Gears in the house is, would have been insane. We went, yeah, we went through a lot because that was a, a super drainer for sure. But uh, was it like four or eight in a in a one? I, I think it was four. I want to say it was four, but Six, you maybe? know what? I, I don't know if we ever got any other games for it. Because I just wasn't super into video games. Like, it was a thing I kind of enjoyed, but I honestly sucked at all of them. I just, everything was too hard for me. And it wasn't in, I think, honestly, it was like 97, 98 that I got a Sega Saturn. That was my first real actual console. And I got that at the time because I was getting into basketball and I was wanting to get the, the video games. Just the NBA Live games and stuff like that. And... It was a way to play that. Well, I had a couple extra games for Sega Saturn. I couldn't tell you what now, but it's I crazy a, that your your legacy your legacy of gaming starts with two consoles that were failures: the Game yeah. Gear and the Saturn. Yeah, but uh, but it was nice. I mean, it was cool to to go from uh, Nintendo to to Sega and stuff like that because you would see the commercials, the Sega, and it just made it seem so cool. Sega does what Nintendo. Know? It was yeah yeah dude. It was like the equivalent of like Xbox to Sony at the time. So yeah, you know Sega and Xbox were like cool, whereas like Nintendo and Sony were in their own eras were like respectively like, you know, we're established. We know we're top dog. We're just gonna keep yeah. doing what we're doing. But uh, yeah, I got that for the for those games. But the pinnacle uh, of gaming that kind of changed for me a little bit was really when I got Mortal Kombat trilogy. I don't know if I got into the movie first. Now I don't know if I got into the game first, but I just remember one day wanting that game, and my mom took me to the store and got me it. And I remember going home and just getting my ass 
beat. Another game where I just could not do good in, in it. Yeah. I've always been terrible at fighting. Games were way harder when we were younger. They were. Way they were. They were super, super difficult. And usually, and, a lot of times, it wasn't skill that made them harder. It was the game was cheap. Yeah. I think that's why so many people like Dark Souls is because Dark Souls is extremely hard, but it's always fair. Yeah. And back back in the old days, like NES, Sega Genesis games, like it was super hard. Like Lion super King, super punishing. Instance, Lion King is harder than Dark Souls, and that game's made should have been made for children. So yeah. I, I, it's what? nuts. It's nuts. But yeah, uh, I I was in love, and uh, I spent so much time. We had a big CRTV in the basement, so I spent a lot of time in the, in the basement um, just playing. Mortal Kombat a trilogy, putting in the codes to see the babalities, animalities, fatalities, so on and so forth, and just having a fun time, kind of trying to climb the ladders with like Johnny Cage, who has always been my favorite. That's always been my main, you know, and, and seeing all the different characters, and then going to watch the movies and, and trying to spot those. I saw Mortal Kombat Annihilation eleven times, so yeah, actually that that came out in ninety seven. So I had to have gotten the Sega Saturn like earlier that year, I think, because I remember having Mortal Kombat trilogy already prior. But uh, at least I think so. I think so. But um, that was on. That's on your right. top fifty games list, isn't it? Mortal yeah, Kombat. yeah, it is. It is Mortal Kombat trilogy. More so for nostalgia because it was just cool seeing them yeah. all like packaged together. I didn't have to go through the MK one, two, and three build up. Now was it packaged together like where you you put in the the disc and you had to choose which game you wanted to play? No, it was just literally like they just took. It, it was essentially like. Okay. Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, but then they took all the other characters from the other games and just kind of added them. Okay, so it. it really was just one game. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. It was really cool. It was really cool. And I remember the main menu used to scare the shit out of me. I used to get scared because it was like this backdrop of like a dungeon. And uh, and plus, they'd have those moments where the guy popped on the screen and went, whoopsie. And when he popped up, like, <laughs> oh, fuck. You know, and I'd get really scared, but it was also really cool. And uh, it would just have such, such eeriness to it. I think I've always loved Mortal Kombat. When it's more horror. The newer ones aren't as much, despite me enjoying those. But I loved when it was more like horror-themed in a lot of ways. But, um, yeah, from there I went to the PlayStation. And what's funny about this, guys, is I got the PlayStation around 99. I, I want to say 98, 99, because next up was the Dreamcast. But the, the PlayStation I got specifically because all I was into was basketball. I was at my peak love of basketball. And I got all I, NBA Live, NBA In The Zone. Any NBA game I could get my hand on, my hands, my hands on. I only had one hand. I, but uh, <laughs> I was I was playing those like crazy, and I would just I was so into those. So I spent so much time um, personally updating the rosters, trying to get them as accurate as possible. And in NBA Live 2000, for example, I remember you could uh, you finally were able to play as Michael Jordan if you beat him in a one on one game, and that was really exciting. That was a really great like reason to pick up that game. Like the equivalent of like a pre-order bonus, basically. It was just so cool. and uh, But then I started to get into like movie license games. Games like Toy Story 2. Um, not quite a movie license game, but Jackie Chan's Stuntmaster. X-Men Mutant time. Academy. Yeah, such a fun time. X-Men Mutant Academy. Um, Star Wars, uh, the Phantom Menace movie license game, which a lot of people think is shit. I played religiously. I loved that game to death. I had so much fun with it because you could go, like you start off playing as Obi-Wan, but you inevitably play as Qui-Gon. You play as Queen Amidala, Captain Panaka. I mean, it gives you a lot of options, characters to play as. And uh, it was really cool. And I, I remember you could go around on Tatooine and Mos Espa and talk to all these characters. I, I, it was literally like a bit of a sandbox for that time. And it See, was- that makes it that makes it special, right? Did the fact that you were able to get in, be in the body of those characters in the movie setting is yeah. what makes it so special. Because yeah. they don't make games like that anymore, usually. You could literally go up and kill Anakin. And he would go, ah! And then it would force you to reload, but you would see him, like, fall down. Jar- yeah, I was trying to kill. save... 
I was just trying to save the universe. That's all. Yeah, I know, right? You, and then you could kill Jar Jar, which a lot of people love. It lets you kill a kid in that game, huh? Yeah. I didn't know they yeah. could do that. Yeah. I thought that it, was like illegal or something. No, I mean, it, yeah, granted, it would force you into that, like, you're dead type thing, like, screen where you basically had to reload. But still in Skyrim, you could slaughter the world and kids are still running around happy as can be. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy how much time has just changed. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. I remember going into shops and like in that game, and like this, there was this one guy that was like, "Hey, welcome to Barbo Store. You come buy from me, I give you lots of money." <laughs> and it was like super fun. I used to quote that with so many of my friends at the time. Just all the different characters and interactions, and you could try to like as soon as you attack somebody, you would have like everyone on most Espa just gunning you down, and it was really fun. Had a great time with that. That was one of my favorite games. I remember watching someone play Resident Evil, and that's where I was like, nope, yep, this isn't the series for me. Never I watched my dad this. play where he rented it once, and it scared the, the dog jumped through the window, scared the shit out yep. of me. Yep, see, there was a scene for me where, like, they go into the doorway, and it's just, like, it's literally, like, a black void, and you see a yeah. door. The camera zooms in, the door opens, and then it's just a cut scene of this, like, dude from his back. And he just kind of like he's eating something, and then he pauses. Oh, that's like the very beginning of yeah. Resident Evil 1. He pauses and then like turns around and looks. And I remember I was that was like I don't think I'd ever been more scared in my life. Something about that stayed with me later that night, and I was yeah, just it was terrified. Creepy game back it was. It was really yeah. creepy. Yep. Played a ton of movie license games on there. Played some shitty games like Flintstones, Bedrock Bowling, Star Wars Demolition. Then I got into the WWE games with like SmackDown Two and um. Yeah, well, Just Bring It was on the PlayStation. But yeah, I started getting into like some of the wrestling games and stuff like that. All in all, I had a lot of fun on that PlayStation console, and that was where I really became a gamer. But then the Dreamcast came out, and the Dreamcast was like everything to me because I was seeing the graphics for NBA games. This is when I was still in my peak NBA love, and the graphics were just on this completely different level. It just, it honestly felt like, at the time, looking back, it felt like going from, like, Super Nintendo graphics to, like, GameCube graphics. It felt like it was a two-generational jump. I don't know. I mean, and it wasn't, but it just felt huge. It felt so big to me. And, like, you had, like, things were so much more, like, pixelated and stuff like that in the older ones where it was just a little more blocky on the Dreamcast, but it was just much more clear and you had a lot more... um, opportunities and options plus it was the first console to do like like live support and stuff like that the vmu that you would put in the controller was super cool and what was it did an awesome some of the console. games yeah it was a prototype pretty I, much yeah. for the xbox console and xbox in general you know and i mean it did the, the commercials that it's thinking and then you'd see like alan iverson together you'd see like some of these other like sonic together and all these other like popular sega franchises i mean it was awesome playing the nfl 2k games house of the dead blue stinger uh, I, I had a lot of fun exploring the Sega Dreamcast library, and I never got it's, to it's play. It's unfortunate they made too many wrong moves because I think they could still be one of the big console right. manufacturers if they hadn't made so many. Well, one of the things that was honestly their downfall had nothing to do with them is the fact they couldn't get the the Madden. They couldn't get a partnership with um, EA Sports, so that's why they made. It was the same thing with Xbox initially because they couldn't they couldn't get a license because I think Sony just threw too much money at them. There's some reason. So they were like, okay, we're going to do the 2K series. And that's why when Xbox originally came out, they did NBA Inside Drive and NFL Fever for the first couple of years. And then they dropped those because I think EA was like, okay, we're going to let you do put yeah. our games on your console, but you got to drop yours. But So that was always interesting. But that was super fun. Uh, Sonic Adventure, like Brian said, I mean, just a ton of fun with the Dreamcast. It just, I don't know, it was really cool. And you just saw gaming kind of like 
continuing off this like it was just growing the graphics you know rapid the 3D. rapid growth in the yeah industry. it was just everything was changing so fast and it was hard to keep up almost and then a year later playstation comes out but i didn't play it until probably 2002 so the playstation so the playstation 2 and xbox were out playstation 2 kind of followed the same track suit as the playstation 1 i got that for nba street that was like my first game gran turismo 3 i think played a ton of games on that a lot of movie licensed games a lot of sports games but um, it wasn't until I got my Xbox and then Halo came into the picture. And the re- what I, I've told this story before too on the show, but to summarize, uh, I was at my grandpa's. He let um, a nephew, his family friend, whatever, I can't even remember now. He let him, uh, he rented him from Blockbuster an Xbox console and rented him like a handful of games. Halo was there. And he was like, put that in. I watched him play it. And after hearing all this buzz in GamePro magazines and EGM, all this stuff, I finally understood what made it cool. And the moment I hear the music kick in, I was like, I need an Xbox. I got to I gotta play this. I got to play it. And it was, I mean, it was really just as simple as that. And suddenly it was the Pandora's box moment of, wow, what else has the Xbox got? I didn't pay any attention to them because I was like, Dreamcast, even though that was already kind of like phased out, I was like, Dreamcast... And I was also like, PlayStation 2 is just giving me exactly what I want. You know, great, like more improved graphics, movie licensed games I like. And also Vice City, Jesus Christ, that like, oh, Grand Theft Auto 3 changed the game for me. Like Vice City was where I really took off. But Grand Theft Auto 3, I'll never forget. My brother, my older brother comes over to visit. My brother doesn't play video games. But I'm like, come up to my room. You got to see this. I got to show you this. Comes up. What do I do in the game to show him? just how different this is than any other video game he's played. I run up to somebody on the street with a baseball bat and beat them to death. And even though the blood's already pull, the blood's already pulling out, I'm still wailing into this guy, this dead corpse mutilated on the street. I do it. Yeah. And he was like, huh, that's pretty cool. And then he went downstairs and I was like, damn it. It didn't work. But yeah, fun times with that. But yeah, getting to Xbox with Halo, uh, that was just phenomenal. It took off from there because it just changed the game for me. And I'm, I still remember beating Halo Combat Evolved and, it's like 12 in the morning or something. I don't know. And I just had nothing else to do in my mind is a frenzy with like all these questions and no answers and nobody to talk to didn't have like wide internet access at the time. So I couldn't just go on a message board and talk to other people. I literally just had to sit there basically trying to go to sleep, staring at a wall until my eyes closed because, you know, I was just processing the last half of the game. Cause I just got to a point you know, that's the fun thing about video games. Sometimes you get in that, that, that point where you're like, yeah, oh, I'll play a level today or I'll play a couple, uh, play a few hours here. And then there's those times when like something happens and you just settle in and you click. And before you know it, it's it's daytime. Like the sun has risen and you're yeah, like, yeah, I love when oh, those moments happen. They don't happen as often anymore. No, but when they happen, it's amazing. And I just remember just, I don't know, I think I was honestly like maybe on silent cartographer that day when I started. And then by the end of it, I had beaten it. And I just was like, wow. You know, I could have kept going if they had more levels. I would have kept going, but it, uh, I was enamored. I was uh, changed yeah, forever. I, isn't it kind of crazy though? Just like we we both a lot of our formative years growing up as gamers, Microsoft wasn't around as a console manufacturer. We grew up with these memories with Nintendo oh. and Sega and Sony. Yeah, and then Microsoft comes into the fray way later than everyone else. And man, I mean, because from from the from the moment we played Halo One, we were Xbox guys, so they were able to come in past all those nostalgic years of playing Nintendo and Sony and Sega and right. become our main place for playing games. And it was mostly just because of how 
revolutionary Halo was. Yeah, you know? and I do have to say real quick, I kind of forgot, but I did have a brief era with some PC games, but it was real mm. short. I played Star Wars Dark Forces, which was a Doom clone. I played Chex Quest, which is the greatest Doom game ever made. I played uh, Star Wars or Yoda Stories, which is a piece of shit, hot garbage. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I loved it because it was Star Wars. Played a lot of Star Wars games on there, basically. Played what I could and uh, had a lot of fun with that. But I didn't really experience much else. I, I watched my dad play some Duke Nukem. And I remember he just he thought it was so funny. He got such a kick out of it. And when I was younger, I think he played some Wolfenstein, but I didn't care about that at the time. None of that appealed to me. But he'd be in there, like, shouting, you know, like... Like talking shit at the at the screen and stuff like that, which was so cool to think back to. Yeah. You know, it's so cool to think back to. But yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. But yeah, bringing it back to Halo and then passing it over to Brian. Um, yeah, that was forever changed because I honestly, that's when I became an Xbox fan. It was the it was where I suddenly kind of like with Brian with um, with what'd you say? Uh, basically, I, I took the Xbox and I was like, wow, PlayStation that I've invested so much time and so many years into. I'm throwing you all away. You're you're bumped down secondary, despite yeah. 20, maybe 50, 20, 50 games, I don't know, that I've just loved. Yeah. Halo came out, and I was like, oh, I love what the Xbox doing. Because I got it in, like, 2002, I think. A year later, KOTOR comes out. My favorite game of all time. I mean, it just, it just felt like the Xbox was... It felt... I'm not saying it actually was, but it felt like the Xbox was a decade in the future past Sony and Nintendo. Yep. Like, it felt like... But like even though even though Sony was arguably doing things much more technologically in the future than Nintendo, because Nintendo was kind of stuck in their old ways, it still kind of felt like you got your Sony experiences and your Nintendo experiences, and you pick your side, and either way you're you're pretty good, right? Like if you don't get if you don't get Mario and Zelda, well then you get Final Fantasy and uh, Resident Evil, and vice versa. But then you get to Xbox, and it's got this green UI, and you can p- download your music to it. It also helped that it didn't need memory cards. It doesn't right. need memory cards. Custom it's tracks. Dual-welded anal- analogs, which obviously that was on the... Uh, I don't know why I brought that up, because I, I guess it... I was thinking of the PS1, how those were, came in later, but yeah. the PS2 obviously launched with it, so I don't know why I brought that up. But it, <laughs> it didn't need memory cards. It, um, it, it had, had Xbox Duke? Live, the yeah. Duke controller, My and then favorite. games like Halo, which were just... You hadn't played anything. You hadn't played anything like Halo. They had a lot of good exclusives on the yeah. Xbox OG, which yeah, was you got crazy. Kotor, Doom Three, uh, Morrowind, um, lots of good stuff came. Yeah. The, it, a lot of times it was it was so associated with the sweeper. PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you got PC ga- like because Morrowind and Kotor were on the PC, right? But if you're a console gamer and the best thing you have is your parents' PC that's probably 10 years out, out of date, yeah. you didn't consider PC as a viable way to game. So the only way to play those really good PC games was if you had an Xbox, which was the most powerful. It was just this big, meaty black box. And even though, and obviously we know now it was a business tactic to make more money, but the fact that you had to go buy a $40 remote controller that had a little sensor <laughs> you plugged in to watch your DVDs made yeah. it feel futuristic, which is so silly. Yeah, but, dude. Uh, so many good games on there, though. Like, I remember playing, like, God, Def Jam. I remember playing the SSX games. Honestly, the EA Sports big titles pretty much in general. I mean, all the movie license games, like the the original Spider-Man movie from 2002. Well, I think I played that on PS2 first, but, I mean, Xbox had the extra Craven levels, which had that extra incentive, and I mean, it's just a lot of fun on that console. I love I love that OG Xbox to this day, and it just had a different vibe to it. Like Brian said, had the green sheen uh, all over it, but then it also just you remember how you could kind of like disconnect the the controllers without yeah. unplugging it. Drop could, cords. Yeah, it had those. It had the different size control. I love the Duke to this day. Um, 
And they had a lot of cool promotional stuff you for could, that. You could have music. that You could have your Linkin Park CD play during Project Gotham Racing. Yeah, yep. I'd be that playing Tony Hawk Underground and listening to AFI. And that shit was yeah. dope. Yeah. It was such a good time. Uh, but moving forward from there, um, it's kind of crazy because uh, I from there I, I got a three. You know, obviously I want to get into the 360 past the Xbox original. And the 360 was the obvious direction to go after becoming an Xbox fan. But the thing that's odd looking back now, because I never thought of myself as a Sony enthusiast. Mm -hmm. But growing up, I loved the PlayStation 1. I adored the PlayStation 1 growing up. The PS2, we never had one. uh, But my cousins, everyone did pretty much. So I played a lot of it. You know, a lot of franchises were on there that were cool, like Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper, all that stuff. Um, But then the PS3... um, I think looking back on the PS3 now, at the end, after it came and gone with its slimmed down, revised models and its lower prices and all of its exclusives, yeah. I think the PS3 has a lot to be fond of now. But during the days of Xbox 360 during PS3, that was the most I was probably a a, a fanboy was probably then because I, I was those like, times. I was there too. Because like Xbox 360 was awesome. It was badass. You had Gears, you had Halo, you had Xbox Live, and you look over at Sony and you're like overpriced, not as cool, not as much uh, going on with the live service. All they had uh, was Uncharted and God of War. And I mean, and I know there's other people who are like, no, they didn't just have that. But I mean, they really didn't have much to offer compared yeah, I just, to I mean, PS2 for, or PS4. There was a few, and I didn't like the PS3 controller either. I really didn't care for mm. it. So there was this probably, how many years would I say to be fair? I'd say three to four solid years where I looked at the PlayStation 3 as a dud like i had no interest in owning it yeah. i didn't care about it i didn't i wasn't envious or jealous of it i was just like i got my 360 i don't want to waste my time or money on the playstation eventually as a 360 started to wind down a bit sony's exclusive ramped up more i got a ps3 and i was like damn they got some amazing games here uncharted last of us um god of war things like that yeah. uh, so i ended up becoming a sony fi- you know i was kind of came back to sony a bit at the end of their lifespan with the ps3 then obviously when i huge- come around <laughs> that's a good one josh well, I how, the next how, how would i do it if, he's, if i wanted to be like uh what, what's his name would i come around yeah it's gonna sound super congested i fucking hate that shit god damn green day pisses me off i don't um, know why i just <laughs> made myself so mad <laughs> this is making myself so mad right now. Uh, Continue, no, Brian. You know, keep talking. You don't want to be an American idiot, Josh. Don't want to. Oh yeah, no, make me. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna uh, do that. <laughs> yeah, so, so, it's kind. It kind of flipped its head then, right? A little bit because it was like 360 PS3. It was like okay, PS3, nah, not interested. Xbox 360 is amazing. Yeah. Continued to play Halo. Made new experiences with games like Gears. Um, God damn that! Uh, when Gears first came out and that had that commercial of Mad World. Oh, oh my God, take me back, man. It was insane. Uh, so the 360, basically, through 360 delivered on the promise of what we thought we were going to get with the Xbox original. Like me and Josh said when we got the Xbox original, we played Halo, we're like, this console's full of these games, right? Eh, not quite full. But then you get to the 360 and it's like, now it is. Now it's full of these experiences. Yeah. There's nonstop amount of games. But then it's interesting because as those that that uh, generation winded down, the Xbox One looks so... Speaking for myself, Josh, you might have a little bit of a different opinion, but yeah. the Xbox One was announced, and I was like, oh, it looks so shitty. It looks like a VCR. There's a stupid Connect. 24-hour DRM. It did DRM. look like a VCR, didn't it? Wow. I was just like, oh, this thing sucks. It was like, all they talked about was NFL and TV. There was, you know, they had, the games they talked about were like Quantum Break, which I personally wasn't interested in. Mm-hmm. Halo didn't have much of a presence. Killer uh, Instinct, years. I think they showed. Rise. 
Yeah. yeah, and then Rise, I was like, oh, that could be good, but it looks like a generic like launch title, which I ended up liking it. It was, uh, but I was just like, oh man, I was like, oh, let's see what Sony has. You know, uh, you know, PS3 was fine, but let's see what Sony has. Sony comes out, shows off the PS4, announces their games, announces the price. I'm like, holy shit! PS4, the controller, the games, the console, everything, the price looked amazing. Suddenly, PS4 was like, wow. I, I actually, for a, however long it was, a couple weeks, I was like, I'm going Sony this gen. And then, of course, Xbox backtracked on everything. Still ended up being, in the beginning, a pretty crappy console because it was underpowered. All the game. I remember everything. Josh and I have talked about this before. Every game that came out, it was, you get the 900p version <laughs> instead of the 1080p version. You get the 900p. Shadow of Mordor, that was a story we told in the podcast before. Oh, man. Went to go pick up that game. I was freaking out because the internet was freaking out saying that Shadow of Mordor was going to be basically unplayable. Was it right? Get off NeoGAF. <laughs> yeah, get off. It was NeoGAF at the time. It was basically going to be unplayable, but it was like... Actually, it was just as playable as the PlayStation version. The only difference was it was a 900p versus 1080, which, to be fair, I didn't really even notice that much when I played it. So it was like, yeah. but yeah, so it was underpowered. They ended up removing the Kinect. The UI was super screwed up for a while because the UI was based around the Kinect, which wasn't required anymore. It was just a really bad place for Xbox. Um, it got more invested in Sony. Um, and then as the years went on, eventually, you know, I was still an Xbox guy. Xbox One got a lot better. Got the got the Xbox One S, then I got the Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, New Gears game came out. Obviously, MCC fell on its face in the beginning, but eventually got good. Gears 4 and 5 came out, which were fun. Um, you know, it, it got to a good spot eventually. But basically, throughout that Xbox One PlayStation um, 4 era, I was really just, I, my loyalties were starting to fall. You know, I was less loyal to anything. I was mostly just like, I want to play what's fun. And that's kind of where I've arrived now. I mean, I think when I buy a third-party game, my general instinct in most cases is to get it on Xbox. So I guess I still give myself an Xbox lean. Same. But nowadays where I'm sitting with my Switch and my PS5 and my Xbox Series X, I love all the consoles. Um, I really love where we're at. And I, I think as as we even before this generation started with the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, I think where I've started to get now as I approach my 30s is I'm just starting to go back to old experiences more. I'm starting to lean into those more than I am the new games and the new releases. And that's not to say I don't get the new releases, but you know I'm playing a lot of older games. Like I'm going back and playing some old Zelda. I'm playing, Hell yeah. obviously, the original Halos and MCC. I'm playing Crash Bandicoot. I'm, I'm, I'm looking up uh, old games that I don't have anymore and seeing if I can get a copy of it to play it. Like Because as... As I get older and as the industry continues to change towards streaming and services and games needing patched like crazy and you get so fed up with the cut content and the patching and the DLC, yeah. you're just like, just take me back to a time when it was simple. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at now. I mean, I think there's a lot of good things going on in the gaming industry. I think stuff like Game Pass is a phenomenal deal. I think kids today are getting, in some ways, far better experiences than we ever did. But I am nostalgic for the old days of just getting the game, popping it in my console, playing it, beating it, talking to friends about it. Um, but yeah, I think I think if you know you look back at our histories here, and Josh is going to bring us up to speed here when I pass it over to him, and then we'll get out of here. But uh, if you look at it, Halo was kind of like the tentpole title, right? When you, people say tentpole, you literally picture you know a tent, and there's a pole in the center that's holding right. that tent up, and the highest point of that tent is Halo, right? So it's yeah. kind of like from the beginning of life, like we're just going uphill, right? You know, your NES, your Sega Game Gear, your your uh, Atari Jaguar experiences. They're just your first exposure to gaming. It's awesome. And then you get stuff like your Sony PS1, your Dreamcast, your PS2, your GameCube, and you're like, gaming is just 
the best thing ever. I can't imagine it getting any better than this. Mm-hmm. And then it's the tentpole moment. You get to Xbox and Halo, and you're like, holy shit. Is it ever going to get better than this? Yeah. This is the best thing ever. I love it. And then, not to be negative, because it with using the demonstration of a, of a tentpole, it's going to seem like that, but that was kind of the peak of excitement. Maybe a little bit past, just a teeny bit past Halo on the Xbox original towards that Halo 3 launch era. Maybe that's oh, more yeah. the temp- maybe that's maybe the temple a little bit more, but right about there in that It'd you know 2000, 2005 ish time yep. is where you started to see very slowly it go down the other way. You know the DLCs introduced, little patches, little incomplete. You know, but not as much, not as bad on the 360. You know, PS3 with its cell architecture, games going online more. Uh, services to you know, Xbox Live, you already had to pay for, but Sony you didn't have to pay online. Suddenly you had to pay for Sony online. Things you know started to go downhill a bit, and then you know as we get to the Xbox One announcement, it's really sloping down. And uh, you know, I think that tentpole illustration I'm using is is less representative of games as a whole because I feel right now we're on a sense as game game industry as a whole. I feel like in a sense we're on an upswing of like these great services and all these great IPs and things coming out and sure. you know consolidation and 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 just consolidation uh, no game. breathing <laughs> I don't think that's how it went uh, <laughs> but yeah so I think the game industry as a whole I think we're we're on an upswing but for me personally as Brian as a gamer and my life experience yeah. I went up that slope I peaked around the the Halo OG trilogy time that was the height of gaming the best it ever got it was. It was and it's been it's been downhill and and down and up and rocky since then. <laughs> yeah. It's been up and down and rocky since then. I'm not being negative. I'm really No, I know. I just I'm, it's funny how it sounds, but yeah. It's I just know. yeah, it's just as a as a person experiencing growth and maturity and nostalgia over the years, I'm past that peak. I'm on the other side of it now and uh, I'll always I think that's why Halo, I think that's why we're doing a Halo podcast. I think that's why we're we love Halo so much is I think whether Josh might say the tip of his tentpole moment, maybe it was KOTOR, but right there alongside it's Halo. Like, Halo is pretty much in that sphere. It would be Halo 3. It would be Halo Yeah, 3. it's in that... Halo is that sphere of where gaming reached its apex. It reached its height. And and because of our maturity and our age and our, our how much older we are, we're probably never going to experience that again. And it's, it's less about games being bad now and more about us as people who have grown and changed. That's just... Halo is always going to be that spot. That's that's the all Halo I have to say, three Josh. coming out felt like the world ending, or like the happy ending. Yeah, like it was the it's just the end. You know, we're all good ending of the time. Go right? to a whole other plane of existence or something, but somehow the world just kept on going. <laughs> you know, yeah. which sounds bad, but I mean, there's been a lot of good. But you know, it was just that was that was peak. That was peak. If you were alive and you played games, you you knew about Halo three coming out. Whether yeah, you played it or yeah, not, you knew about it. You couldn't escape. I it. mean, do you do you resonate with that, Josh? Like, I do actually wholeheartedly. Do you have any more specifically to say, or like, is no, your experience? No, I mean, past uh, well, yeah, definitely, Halo. definitely got more to add. I mean, uh, back on the tail end of the Xbox, it was great because in two thousand, late two thousand four, you had KOTOR two come out. Of course, I was excited for that. Uh, but then, you know, going into two thousand five, you had just Star Wars game after Star Wars game. You had Lego Star Wars, which was set a whole new standard for different types of video games, Lego series, you know. Uh, then you had... Uh, then you had Skywalker Saga this year, Josh. Hell yeah, man. Most anticipated, baby. Can't wait, April. Oh my God. Day one, bye. But, uh, I might get it. I might get it too. I'm dude, it looks so good. Did you watch that six-minute video? 
I don't think I did. Oh my god, you got you should watch that after this. Yeah, it really it really looks good. Um, but there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm I, I saw and I thought Brian's never going to do this, and I don't blame him because it's you know it's so excessive. But obviously you don't have to. They they definitely make it in yeah. a way. It's like if you want to run around and explore, you can. But if you just want to go through and play all nine, you can. But um, yeah, then there was Republic Commando. Um, then there was the actual Revenge of the Sith movie license game. Um, but yeah, it wasn't. In, I got a. 360 in 2006 and I got it because Halo 3 was going to be coming out in 2007 but Gears of War um, I first well I first got it because of Oblivion Oblivion was huge my like third favorite game of all time and uh, or second favorite game anyway anyway uh, I love that game I, I was had a dog that uh, in our family that passed away and I remember my dad kind of getting me that to kind of help me get through it and it did help me and uh, it was a lot of fun to play. I wasn't, we had actually, I moved away at my dad's hour and a half away. So I played a lot of Oblivion when I was like really lonely and it helped me get through a lot of that time and, and being able to get Xbox Live eventually kind of somewhere around that time and, and start talking to my friends. And on the 360, you could chat while you played different games. That was mind blowing to me. So I played a lot of co-op in a way uh, with Oblivion with my friend Eric. Shout out to him. And uh, then Gears of War, like Brian said, uh, 19 rounds on gridlock uh, all day. That was like the equivalent of like rust on Modern Warfare too. I mean, I played, I grinded that shit so hard, got my seriously achievement, my most proud achievement, um, helped others, uh, other friends get theirs and their, the specific weapon achievements that had come out, like get 50 kills with the torque bow and stuff like that. I was always helping friends. Um, that was so much fun. Loved that time. And, and 360 just had so much to offer. It had movie license games, had new franchises like, you know, Gears of War, had continued franchises like Halo, you know, and it just, it did so much different stuff in the arcade stuff. And it, it's a lot of fun. And all the DLC, it was kind of cool. It, it did make me want to play that stuff. And I remember there was one time you could get like a free game. I think it was like Contra or something like that. And they did some rewards and whatnot. It was a fun time. And one versus 100 was cool. I wish they'd bring that back. But yeah, I went from there and I kind of got tapped out by the end of it. I was out of games and I came back in, get an Xbox One. And because Brian is and Brian and Justin are selling me on like how it's better now, you know, it's better now. Like it did start out that way. It was getting better. And this guy, Phil Spencer, just came in. Phil Spencer had just come in around the time I got it. So I got my Xbox one. I was having a good time, but I was starting to kind of see a little bit of like lust in my eyes for the PlayStation. And I never thought I would get another console for Christmas as an adult. But in 2017, my mom got me the PlayStation four. And it was, I remember, it was so funny. I, I remember an ex at the time, I had gotten a, uh, I got her an Xbox Series S. And I remember she she was like, she was like, well, you know, I just got an Xbox. Now you got a PlayStation. <laughs> you know, like a completely different console. Yeah. Not going to play together, which we did at the time. But like, it was just so funny because I was like, yeah, I'm definitely playing this PlayStation 4. I immediately went and bought Kingdom Hearts and stuff like that. Bought the Uncharted ah, series. So good. Pretty much bought everything that I wasn't able to get on the Xbox. And PlayStation has since become my exclusive title thing. Like Brian said, if it's a third party title, I buy it on Xbox. That's my preferred console. But obviously, I love the PlayStation uh, offers for exclusives. So um, then when it uh, came around to now, uh, I bought the Series X because Halo Infinite, you know, Halo's always had me. It's always pulled me in. And uh, I, I like the direction it's going, so I'm hopeful. But at the same time, I see what PlayStation has done. Uh, and, and who knows if it's going to continue? I mean, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I'm optimistic for both, and I'm at a really good place. You know, I don't have anything to grab me on the Switch personally. 
but I feel like that's just a matter of time because I love what the Switch is. I look at the Switch, guys, and I think like this is the coolest thing Nintendo's done for me personally since the Super Nintendo. It's what's got me the most excited since the Super Nintendo. And some of the games on the 64 were pretty cool, but I, I couldn't get past that wonk-ass controller. I just couldn't. Well, what might be best for you, Josh, is to wait for the, the Switch 2, like the actual next. I'm not talking like a Switch remodel. I'm talking like PS4 to PS5, like right. the next Switch. Yeah. No, and I'm definitely. It's getting close now. I think I'm definitely there because, yeah, I mean, they went from the Wii U pivoting to the Switch, and the Switch has already been out a few years. So I feel like it's got to be years. coming. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be coming at some point. But uh, I love where we're at right now. I mean, I hate, I also hate it. Like, like Brian said, it peaked at Halo. Three, but at the same time, even before then, it was already kind of peaking because, like, that's when we, like, at the tail end of the Xbox OG, we started getting downloadable content and DLC, and that was cool, but then you also got punished if you didn't, you know, you missed out, like, on, especially, like, the Halo map packs and stuff, and, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of don't the 360 like... 360 had the red ring, which, that that's fun to talk about now, but back yeah. then it wasn't fun at all. It was just amazing going into EB Games, picking up my game I pre-ordered. And getting the strategy guide, and I'm getting my mom or my dad's driving me home, and I'm sitting there flipping through the strategy guide. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can't wait to get to this part. Or I'm reading the manual while I go to the bathroom, and I'm just like, oh, cool, that's this character's biography. That's so cool. John's the last Spartan. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it was that was such a cool time. And then going online for all the different cheat codes, and some websites would post the both bullshit cheat codes. You know, and you're like, it's not working. And then, you know, um, just getting on the scuttlebutt on the message boards and seeing what people were saying. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I just, I had so much fun with gaming at the time. They were full packages. And even though they probably, there was a lot of cut content, cut content for those games that we didn't know about. We were none the wiser because we got what we got. It was a full package. We didn't have to expect yeah. for more. We didn't have to want for more because we just knew th there wasn't no thing such as like downloadable content way back. There wasn't no thing as like uh, Xbox Live or, or PlayStation Online and all that stuff. So that was that was a time I missed. That was when it was just at its peak for me. And of course, it was because it's younger. That's the cool thing to say. But I think gaming, like Brian said, is definitely on an upswing. I, I agree with Brian completely. I think he's right. And there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of accessibility. It's cool that, I mean... It's cool that kids today can get on an Xbox Series X and they have access to every era of Xbox. Not every game, but they have access to every, you know, era. And that's really cool. So you can go back and you can play a lot of those games. It's harder now for for most of us listening. We got to go buy that shit on eBay. Yeah. But it's well, that, pretty that's cool. The, that's, that's the thing about having an understanding of, like, is gaming on an upswing or not? Because if we if we just, like... If we just looked inside at our own personal feelings introspectively, we might be like, it's not on an upswing now. We got bullshit patches and DLC and services, and I, I want to own my games. I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. But if you try to look at it objectively, you try to remove your remove yourself from the your emotions, your nostalgia, what's going on. If you look at what gaming is doing right now, we're getting into a, an era where you're going to be able to just probably just have... Uh, you don't have to buy a console at some point. You just have Game Pass, and you have yep. hundreds of thousands of uh, stellar games that you're getting for 20 30 bucks a month. It's a much better model and a much better way for people to experience games. Today, if you remove yourself from the the experience you have of owning stuff and, and, and liking the ways of old, right? That's why we always talk about, like, old people yelling at clouds, right? The reason they're yelling at clouds is because, you know, they don't... The things they're mad about a lot of times aren't affecting anyone mm -hmm. in the new generation now, but they're just thinking of how things used to be 50, 60, 70 years ago, you know? So like, we're like, I don't, I don't know if Josh would quite say this. I think he's more ready to accept change, but for me, you know, if you just ask me selfishly, 
yeah, I would like to go back to the game ships in a box with a cartridge or a disc. Everything's there. There's no online patches. You get your thick manual. If I could go back to that right now, I would. But that's just me being caught up in my nostalgia. That's not what I actually think is objectively the best. The way the route we're going now, this upswing towards you know, cheap, easy entry fee for a service. You know, you have Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard, all this stuff now. Just the amount of games you're going to be playing, how accessible it is, and cross-play, and being able to play with your friends, and all this stuff. This is a... Gaming's on the right track. Josh, I had one final question if you're ready to answer. Yeah, man. What's one gaming franchise that a lot of people have nostalgia for growing up with that it completely eclipsed you that you wish you'd experienced back in its heyday? For example, for me, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, it was a game that everyone, all my friends talked about. I saw the disc laying around at houses all the time, mm-hmm. but I never played it. I never cared about it. wasn't until two years ago I became a Final Fantasy VII fan. And now I played the original, and I'm a fan, and I love it, but I'll never be able to say I have those early childhood nostalgic memories of playing it you know, in my parents' house because I didn't. So, like, is there something that passed you by? Yeah, probably Pokemon, because, I mean, I got into it. I I played Pokemon Silver, but that was really it until Pokemon Go. I mean, I really, Hmm. I had such a gap in time. I can remember a lot of those games coming out and my friends being super excited. I've always known somebody, like, that's excited for a Pokemon game when it's come out. I've never not known anybody that's, that's not excited. Yeah. And... That was kind of a bummer because it was just like, man, I was just like, I can't get into it. But at the same time, everyone would talk about it. And like 64, I missed out on like Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Snap. And I just missed out on all those offerings, you know, because I didn't like I had a Game Boy Color, but then I got rid of it, you know. And that was another thing I hated doing as a kid, but I, I did all the time. I traded so many games in. I'd get a new game. I'd I know. It, I did a that month too. later, I did it. And then like another month after, I'd be like, oh, I want it back. <laughs> I just want it back, you know. And but I, at I'll the do same anything. Time, I don't care how much money. I'm yeah. Worth. But the trade-off, or on the other end, on the on the flip side, midnight launches. Nothing, you know. It's like Brian said, you know, you want to want to go back to that stuff. It's like, well, the one thing when I hear that, I'm thinking, God damn, I don't want to give up preloading a game. But at the same time, yeah, I'm like, like those midnight experiences were amazing, even though they right? gave me so much anxiety. But they were. It's up. like you want it, but why do you want it? It's stupid. You got to wait till midnight. You got to stand out in the cold with a bunch of people who haven't uh, shaved or. It was a social experience. So <laughs> that was the equivalent of like a, that, that was the closest thing I think gamers had to like a con at the time. Yeah. It was literally getting together, and there's all the apparel and t-shirts. And the if, if you go to the right place, they're usually doing having some cool giveaways or some games or they're doing something like that. And people, everyone's excited. You feel the same buzz because even if you're not talking to other people, you're you're around like-minded people, all excited for that thing. You all are racing home to play that game. You got you, you know you're usually not working the next day or going to school the next day. It was just exciting. It was euphoric. And, you know, nothing really beats that. Nothing really can touch that. And you just don't get you're, it. You're comfortably sitting in your chair at noon on a, a noon on a day and just waiting to load up your Halo Infinite that you preloaded already. Something is lost in the accessibility for sure. That's what's strange yeah. is that we the have experience. It's the event, so the event, easy. The event of it all is gone. Yeah, it's, it's so not an easy event. now, but like, okay, for like Halo Infinite coming out, well, I think it was the multi... Nah, I don't know. It was it was the launch of the game, but you know, everyone's in Discord and it's popping and everyone's excited yeah. to play and that's exciting. That's memorable. But man, I'm I would have much rather been in line with all those people talking and stuff like that. And it's just weird, you know, it's it, but it's like at the same time we all have the accessibility to be able to do that now and you all have the accessibility to like 
download this. I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I, I'm, it's, it's honestly, I can't choose one or the other. If you had to ask me, if you put a gun in my head and you were like, you got to pick one, I, I don't know what I could, yeah. I don't know what I could go with, man. But I do, I do. I choose it. the old stuff, but who knows? Maybe after a couple months, I'd be like, damn, what did I give up? There, okay, yeah, it's like objectively, I like to see where it's going. But subjectively, yeah, I miss the days of old. I remember going home in the car, having KOTOR, and I'll never forget just not knowing what to expect from that game, but getting it because it had the Star Wars name on it. And looking through the strategy guide and thinking, I'm never going to get to this part. This seems overwhelming. Like, what am I getting myself into? But also, it's Star Wars. I'm excited. And that trip getting home was just exciting. And it's just not something we have nowadays. And, you know... It's 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 lost. It makes it makes me sad when I think about it, but I'm also happy because it's like, you know, I can games are so much more accessible now. It really is easy. I think back to the 360 stuff and trying to get together in some online games, and like in my head, nostalgia says, "Oh, it was easy. It was seamless," but it wasn't. It was still really laggy. It was Plus, still it really took, I mean, janky. just like compared to what we're used to at this moment. Go go get on a 360 and tell me how long it takes to boot the system, boot the game, get into a lobby like. It several times the amount longer. You know? Oh my! And the thing God. is, like the experiences we're talking about that we don't get anymore, like midnight launches or looking at that instruction manual, you know, on the way home. Like, there's new types of memories that kids are making today that are they're similar. Like, you know, um, being uh, I don't know, being six years old and being in the car on your mom's cell phone playing Fortnite with your buddy. Yeah. Because you downloaded it on your phone and your phone has internet and you're, mm-hmm. you know. I, you know, there'll be some kid who's like, I remember that one time my family took a trip to Colorado. We were in the car for four hours, and I was playing Battle Royale with, with, with Timmy and John on, on my phone in the back seat. You know, it was just amazing. I remember, you know? I don't know if I ever told you this, Brian, but I interviewed a video games, etc. once. And one of the biggest questions, like one of the first questions they asked me were like, do you play mobile games? And I was like, no. <laughs> hmm. And they he was like, like okay, well, that's, that's actually pretty big right now. That's, that's pretty big. And. I was like, no, it's no, it's not. I mean, like, it's it is, but it's like not on the Did same. Video level. games, etc. Even make money off of mobile. No, games? but I th- I think it was more so just trying to ask, like, get a get an assessment of like oh. where I'm at in terms of like knowledge and stuff like that. And I was, I don't think my answer conveyed enough that yeah, I'm, hmm. I know enough, but just don't want to. It was more so. It. I was just like, no, I was just like, yeah. I'm not gonna play that that terrible fucking small screen. Yeah, yeah. I played Sega Game Gear. I played Game Boy Color. That's enough for me. I'm, not, I'm done with that smaller screen shit. Yeah. HD TVs for me, baby. Okay, well, but anyway. I mean, hey, mobile gaming now is a lot better. Ten, ten years ago, mobile gaming. Ten years ago, mobile gaming was Angry Birds, uh, some crossword game, or uh, uh, some light Assassin's Creed spinoff that wasn't yeah. that good. Now it's full blown games that you would play normally. Yeah, games that you used to play. It's insane, but. Yeah, I miss those days a lot, man, and I, I do wish I could kind of go back to them in some ways because I, I, I just kind of miss the um, those like early two thousands, mid two thousands, like kind of like just aesthetics, the way everything looked and felt, and how, how cartoony a lot of that, like Banjo Kazooie, yeah. and you know Blinks the Time Sweeper, Crash Bandicoot, how they had all these kind of like animal mascots for their video games, and just the sports titles were fun, and you had the EA Sports big stuff that took things to extreme, and it. To made it not so serious. You had a lot more movie licensed games. I don't know. Makes me nostalgic more than it does sad. Actually, it makes me more nostalgic. So no, oh, yeah. absolutely, dude. Yeah, nostalgia is a mixture of like warm fuzzies and sadness and happiness all in the same. Yeah. Time. But Josh, you ready to go to the business? Yeah. The business. Um. Patreon.com/slash what? Sacred icon. 
If you guys are interested in giving monetarily to the podcast, as low as a dollar, you can as go low to Sacred what, Brian? As one dollar. That's four quarters. That's four quarters. The Dollar Tree said they're selling stuff for a dollar twenty-five now. So that's we're even cheaper than the Dollar up. Tree. How you yeah. the dollar twenty-five store? It's, it should be called five quarters from now on. That <laughs> should be called. But you know we're cheaper than the Dollar Tree. So yeah, for as low as a dollar, go to Patreon.com/slash/SacredIcon. Uh, a few different tiers there. Are things you can get as low as a dollar, you get mentioned on the podcast. We mention your name at the end. People seem to like that quite a bit. Uh, all the way up to you can be on the podcast with us if you're at a certain tier, if you're at the Sacred Boys here. And we actually got four Sacred Boys right now. We got Crazy. Brent Onimo. We got Shout out to Brent. Green, we got Green Plumber. Green Plumber. We got Corey Hanks. Corey and Hanks. our newest one, our buddy Tony. And I got to give a special shout out to Tony here. Now, Tony, I know you didn't need this, and normally I wouldn't do this. And I don't want to make anyone else feel any bad because... Whether you're giving or not, we love you all the same. Whether you're giving one dollar or ten dollars, no, we love you sure. all the same. But we shouted out Corey Hanks about a year and a half ago. Corey Hanks was like, "I just want to give you guys a big lump sum bonus uh, patron gift because yeah. I love you guys." And we th- we shouted him out because we thank him so much. And uh, Tony just did that earlier this week. He's just like, "Here's a, I'm giving you guys a hundred bucks this month just for being awesome dudes. I love you guys." And we're just like, we we're just blown away well, by shit, that. Brian texts me this and tells me this, yeah. Tony, and I'm like, "No shit." No, no, I was like, I have to message His him. Text like, was like, what? The, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah is crazy. So, so, thank you so much for that, Tony. We don't take it lightly that you that you gave that uh, to no, us. No, we, we don't. Really and honestly, is is hey, don't get me wrong. Is as cool as it is to get money and stuff like that. It honestly is just like the, the love behind it, man. It's the thought behind so it. We we love Tony before he was ever doing any of this. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. it's just being able to have your support like that, man. And honestly, it's just I can't ever imagine uh, you not being a part of this community. And we say that for for so many people, but I mean. Seriously, just to, to, to give you this special shout out, man. I mean, Jesus Christ, like you have sent in some amazing voice messages and where you're singing and you always see the feedback where people are like, I love that part or I love that story, you know, and just seeing your pictures and everything. And I, I don't what know. What I hate about Tony? What's that? <laughs> what do you hate about Tony? He is so damn attractive and yeah. he has such a damn, damn ass good voice. Dude. Like, I'm pretty sure he could get any woman growing That's up. A that that voice. That's, a, That's whole a whole lot of man. That's a whole lot. That's a whole lot of man. That is a whole lot, man. Damn. <laughs> what a man. What a man. What a man. I'm sure. I'm sure you could get any woman growing up. That dude's. He's got. He's got the full package right there. Full package. <laughs> uh, but Hell yeah, yeah th- thank you, you so Tony. much, guys. Um, yeah, if you want to give uh, to Patreon, that's great. But if you guys don't want to give, you're thinking, you know what? I don't really have money for that. Don't really want to go that way. Uh, we just appreciate having you here, listening, uh, following us on the Twitter. Coming to the Discord. Guys, I cannot reiterate enough how much we love when people come to the Discord and we get to know you because what we like to do is get to talk to you, get to know you by name, uh, and have a, like a, a, a friendship with you. And whenever somebody shows up in the Discord, a lot of times we get somebody show up in the Discord, they'll go, hey, I've listened to the podcast forever. Finally decided to join. And we'll be like, welcome, welcome. Tell us your favorite game. Tell us your favorite movie. We love you. So glad to finally of- have you in here. Yeah, and then they're part of the community. So if, if you've been thinking about it and you want to, just come Get join. Get your ass I mean, in here. Don't don't waste any more time. Come on, just just go download Anchor. Nice. Go check out Discord.com. What Discord.com GG or slash GG. Discord.gg slash Sacred Icon. Wow, I come fucked that us. up. Thank you, Brian. Listen That's to okay. Brian. Listen to what Brian says. That's okay, but come join us in the Discord. Um, yeah, guys, if you want to follow Josh, he is at Jurassic Joshy on Twitter. If you want to follow me, I am at hey. Brian's Bane. Hey. And if you want to follow the Sacred Icon account, it is at Sacred Icon Pod. Uh. Um, another way you can support us, and Josh is going to hook us up here, is you can leave a five-star review on iTunes. Boom. Uh, Bang. S- say whatever you want in the five-star review. That's you can right. say whatever you want, and That's we will right. read it off on the podcast if it's five stars. If it's four and a half stars, no. Five stars, yes. You can say... 
Uh, let's see. I attacked Josh last time with the Anakin thing, so I'll attack myself. You can say Ocarina of Time is the most overrated piece of shit game ever, and as long as it's five stars, I will say it on the podcast. Leave that five <laughs> I'll stars. I'll make Josh, Brian read that one. <laughs> I'll yeah. that one to Brian for him to read that. What review do we have? Uh, we got one from our buddy Steve Cobra, host of High Potion Podcast. Uh, Ooh, with, love him. Love buddy, him. Yes, love him so much uh, with our buddy uh, Hawes. From Blue Harvest, you guys, if you if you haven't checked out oh, Blue High Potion, you gotta go check okay, it out. Blue it's Harvest just, and High Potion. Yeah. If you guys want to listen to a podcast about Star Wars, you need to go to Blue Harvest. Drop drop whatever other one you're it. listening to. Go straight to Blue Harvest. Blue Harvest is the best. And if you want to listen to a general games podcast that features one of the hosts from Blue Harvest and his friend Steve, you gotta go High Potion. Yeah, and they cover specific games. I mean, they'll cover some of the topical stuff, but not not just that. But they will cover specific games, specific eras, like the 360 or Super Nintendo, things like that. And yes. They have a Halo episode if that's all you desire. Yes, they do have Halo on there, and they do they do reference us too, which is always putting a smile on my yeah. face, Steve, and Very Brian's cool. too. But uh, he put five stars, said keep it sacred. Been meaning to leave a review on this wonderful podcast for a little while. This is absolutely the best Halo podcast out there. I'm bussing. Uh, Josh and Brian have years of chemistry built up, and it's easy to tell. Their conversations are a pleasure, to li- a pleasure to listen to, and they're hilarious too. Whether it's singing random bursts of song, laughing hysterically at each other, or having serious discussions about the state of gaming, you're guaranteed a good time. Shout out Josh and Brian. Love you guys. We love you too, Steve. What an amazing. We love what an amazing you too. It's just a matter of time before we, 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 all, we all get together and do something. I love that guy. I do. I want to have a podcast with all of us on. I know. So bad. Well, hopefully like middle of this year when uh, hopefully it's we're a little, yeah, a little more free. And oh, stuff we can make I love that, dude. That's yeah. so Oh, my God. So love much. you so much, Steve. High Potion so great. I love what you're doing on there. I'm so glad after all these years of seeing you kind of guest on occasion on Blue Harvest, seeing you finally get to do that with Hawes and just getting to see your guys' chemistry kind of one-on-one and stuff. And you guys got great Great chemistry, dude. Love you as a Absolutely. host and love interacting with you. And man, when you reference something to wrestle podcast, with, I was dude, like, I'm holy cheating. shit, someone else listens to that podcast. What'd you say, Brian? I said, whenever they mention us on their podcast, I'm cheesing hard. Dude, I'll be I'm at work. So and, hard. I'm, I'll be at work and I'm like 25 minutes in and I have no idea that they're about to mention Sacred Icon and they do. And I'm just like, that's me. What did Hoss something about like, Hoss said something one time about how he was like, he's like, you know, I'm not too bad. I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, I'm not too bad at multiplayer. I'm pretty good. And then he's like, you know, but he's like, get me in there. Get me in a lobby with the, those sacred boys and you know, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He said something, but it made yeah, or usually he's like, Josh, stay away from my, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then on guys, I sent in, I sent in a clip and it was like seven minutes on theirs and they put it. I think they put a tool song on in the background. It was hilarious. Yeah, was just hearing that. <laughs> so it was that was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Love you, Steve. Thank you so much. Thank you so buddy. much. Thank you. That means so um, much. Seriously. God, I think that's uh, all for the business. Are we ready for the patron shout-outs, Josh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boom, mm-hmm. let's go to them. We got, you know what's more ferocious than Hocus Pocus? What's it's that? the Hocus Locus. Oh, the best sequel ever made. Thank you best so much. Best sequel ever made. Love you, Hocus Pocus. Thank you so much. You're such a sacred staple now being in there, being present. And it's so great to see you guys in our D&D channel. I love that you're popping up in there. I love seeing you wherever I see you in that Discord. Love you, man. Josh, I let you just go the whole way. There. Brian, I could do it the you. whole way, the whole time. I know. I know we got to get through this, but man, I love it. Thank Next you. Next, so we much. got the guy who showed the covenant how to glass a planet. It's not Jonathan Asburn. It's Jonathan Glassburn. Glassburn. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. I can for see that support, name on a bro. business card. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Next, we got Dark Chaos Five Eighty. Dark Chaos Five. Pretty sure this is the same music as me. I love that name. That's iconic. And in the world of Dark Chaos, we got Phantom. Thank you so much for your Phantom. support, Phantom. 
Man, Affleck was a bomb in Phantom. Oh, there you no, go. No, wait, wait, wait. Next, we got the most anyway. agile and the most powerful, despite not having any vision. Blind Valkyrie. Thank you so Blind much. Blind Valkyrie. Love that name. That name's that name's like like it really stands out. I like that. It's majestic. Yeah, I love it. It is. Next we got we know he's a good nice guy because he's got the same last name as my pastor. It's William Green. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so I, much. I'll go I'll go visit you on that church on a hill. Shout out to Church on the Hill. Hell yeah, Thank Church on a Hill. Shout out to him. Put too. them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next yeah. we got Kevin Benson. You heard him in episode ninety nine. Thank you so much for your support. Kevin Benson, love you, buddy. Thank you always for the support. Next we got one of our sacred staples. It's Albino. I love every word that comes out of that dude's mouth, even when he's giving a shit. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Albino's great. Yeah, I really, really like Albino. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, next we got Ira. Ira. So glad we have you here, Ira. Every time I see your face on Twitter, I'm just like, I love that dude. He brings Send us me joy. Clip. You're badass, dude. Love hearing. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I would love to hear a clip from you, dude. I, lo- I love your clips, man. They're great. Next, we got I'm like a bird, a Jason Bird. Thank you so much, Jason Bird, because you are true. There it is. I was waiting for you to do that. I was like, you started talking, and I was like, oh my god, is he really not going to do it? But don't not there. do it, Brian. Are yeah. you going to sacrifice? Thank everything you for for gold? making Brian sing Natasha Bedingfield. True. It's fun to shop at Gorbins. Next, we got Brady Tatey, my brother. Brady Tatey, love you, Brady. Miss you so much, buddy. Hope your Creighton just got a new house. He did. Yeah, dude, that's dope. Because he's been because he moved to Alabama and he was living with his uh, uh, parents-in-law. Yeah, and now they got a house. So. Dude, that's so it's still out. We're in hoping Alabama. to come help him move some or help him with stuff in a couple. Is he still out in Bama? Months, weeks or months? What's that? Is he still out in Bama? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah, he's nice. out there. Yeah. Okay. Man, congrats, great. AJ's dank. I knew I smelled something. It's a supporter. Thank AJ you. is dank. Thank you so much, AJ. Next, we got Evan Leaw. Evan Leaw. Leaw. That's what I say when I'm ever whenever I get on a horse. I've never been on a horse, but if I did, mm. I would say everything. If he did, he'd say, check out its ass burn. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tim Allen. Next, we got our buddy and Alex Aruspis' friend, Elliot Finn. Thank you so much for your Always support. Always supporting our streams. Always interacting with us. Love you, man. You're so cool. Josh, I know the first thing that's going to come out now that we have uh, Microsoft acquiring Activision, or now that, I'm sorry, not Activision Blizzard, now that they've acquired Bethesda. Mm-hmm. The sequel to Fallout 76. Fallout 152. The better Thank game. so much. Honestly, the one that everyone... Just, it, it, it changed the game. It changed the game. Next, we got Owen the Lego King, who just wasn't able to secure the username, Owen the Mega Construct King. <laughs> Owen the Lego King. Gotta let us know if you're excited for Lego Skywalker Saga. Oh, yeah. I gotta check... Remind me to check that out after we get off here, Josh, and yes. I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, I wanna see... I'll even reactions. watch it with my live reaction if you want it, Josh. I will absolutely. Yeah, I want that. Uh... Next, we got Steven Lasloffy from Lasloffy's Revenge on the PS1, a classic. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate Thank that. You, that Josh, good. That sing us a little tune about a man named Menadeus. Menadeus, 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 Menadeus. Oh, 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 my Menadeus. I come around with Menadeus. Oh my God, Brian was feeling that the whole time. It threw me off. I'm so sorry, but that was amazing, Brian. Oh, that if was you guys amazing. can see me, I am getting Oh my into God. It. He's fucking. Get into it. Man, I've never so seen Brian so riveted. The worst, the worst thing, if Menadeus dropped out of the patron, it wouldn't even be the money. It'd be the fact that we couldn't hear the song no more. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Next we got, he's a rebel, he's a saint. It's Shin Rebel. Shin Rebel! Love that name. Thank you so much. Next we have, ascending from the ashes, born anew, the Irish Phoenix The himself. Irish Phoenix. I love how Thank Brian so sets that support, up every bro. time. Every time. It's not the dope shark. It's not the cool shark. It's the lame shark, but he's better than them all. Thank My you so favorite much shark. Thank you so much. Next, we got the dab, the premium move out on the dance floor. Not the dab. That's right. The dab. I'm Thank dabbing, so though, just for you, dab. 
dabbing for you. Thank you so much for the support. Next, we got the ever so kind and wonderful Timberland Bear. Thank you so much, bro. We're so glad you're here. Hope you're doing Next, we have Kevin Nelson, who didn't get heel peeler or the tennis shoe popper position. What? He got the three quarterback. Thank you so much. What's another position? Give me another position. Another position. What's the guy who runs to catch the ball? Runs to catch the ball? Yeah. Oh, that's the. That's the man. I gotta. I want it to be good, Josh. <laughs> Give me time here. Give me time. No, hey, it's all good. That's, it's all good. That's the. Uh, that's the Neil back baked potato. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You, you, hey, I, gotta, I, love I gotta work I love on it. it. Touchdown rebounder is still my favorite to this. Touchdown day. rebounder. Yeah, yeah that's like, one pretty what the good. Fuck is that? What about the? Uh, we got the, the booty cheek clapper. You the know, booty cheek clapper. Good. That's the guy who gets in the end zone. No, you're no. That's just it's you. You're the mascot. You're just out there, just booty, booty cheek clapping. clapping. <laughs> yeah. Great. Next we got Demon Two Five Six. He's got two hundred fifty six megabytes. Six two hundred fifty six megabytes more than Master Chief. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Thank you, man. Next we have Eric Milligan, who's always reminded me of pulling Mulligans on my dad in Madden. Thank you so much for that. Oh man, Miss John. Next man. we got the Thank ever you, so though. sexy Jared Hartley. Jared Hartley. Jared Hartley. So Love much. the selfies. Love yourself a game. Next, Josh, we have a space bow rocket ship in the spring home. And I'm running right at you. Oh, shit. I knew double combo baker. That was a good one. Oh, I like that. Thank you so much for the support. Next, we have the triple threat that is, it is our mods. Small Print TV, also our video editor, Aaron. And, and pray on you. And Thank pray. you so much, Joe, guys. Joe, pray and Aaron. We love you guys each. Joe, you're so fantastic. You're the backbone. Aaron, you're so talented and everything. And 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 pray. You just God, you're so loving and supportive. You guys are all talented, all loving, all supportive. Uh, so glad you guys are in there. Next, we have Cameron eighty eight, who was on the front page of the paper for well, wielding them pistols in Halo three, winning them tournaments all across the board, going back. In there the you go, Josh. I was going to yeah. take it in one direction, but I like yours better. So <laughs> Thank you, Cameron. Uh, next, we got Colton Pittman, who made Brett Favre look like a pansy. <laughs> Colton Pittman, you're Thank my you. first pick. Next, we have our original sacred staple. It is our boy Rodan. Thank you, Rodan. And Rodan say, says, "You know what?" Speed bump, Brian. I'm like Rodan. Rodan. Damn, that's Rodan. And then next. Uh, for for dinner tonight, he says, "You know, I'm feeling breakfast." He says, "Butter my waffles." Thank you so Butter much. Butter my waffles. Thank you so. Much. Appreciate that. Yeah, that was good. That Next, was good. we got our boy, our friend David Wyant goes by Nerva, the creator hey, of Super uh, Icon Bingo. Recently had a birthday. Happy belated birthday to David. Oh, okay. Now Sounds our like next one, Josh. I'm 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 impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed that I remembered this, hmm? and so I'm going to make sure I capitalize on this now. So our next one, don't okay. don't say anything, Josh. Okay. Um, our next one is. Is AC or DC outlaw? Sorry, my bad. I always do that. See, that's how we got going. Right. But he said he said to me on Twitter, he was like, you know, uh, next time if you guys could play, uh, do a song from my actual favorite band because it's not actually ACDC, it's Breaking Benjamin. Um, so Josh, before I I hit it up with the real track here, uh, why don't you give us your little. Uh, Breaking Benjamin. Oh, God. What was the one I heard the other day? I don't even know how the words go. It was like, He called me Hammer's friend. <laughs> yeah. Me okay. Okay, but we'll give it, We'll do this one for, for DC Outlaw here. We'll give, we'll give him something that's a little higher quality than whatever Josh. <laughs> whatever. Mine's top notch, baby. Oh, absolutely. Oh. 
That ain't classic. Again. Oh, Brian, there's a part of the song where it sounds like he literally goes, Eric! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's you know. Every time I hear it, I just picture Brian screaming. Not even though that's not technically what they are, but you know. <laughs> Next we have, descending from the ceiling from his butthole web, it's Caleb Webster. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Caleb. Appreciate you. <laughs> Uh, next, we have Chris Greco Mineco. Have you seen my Greco? It's Chris Greco. Josh says, Why don't you give it to me one more time? I said, It's Chris Greco Mineco. Have you seen my Greco? It's Chris Greco. Josh says, Let's try for three, but you've done that before, so maybe you should go for four. Okay, I'll do it twice. Chris Greco Mineco. Have you seen my Greco? It's Chris Greco. Chris Greco. Chris Greco. Chris Greco. Chris Greco. Chris Greco. tricky. I don't know. Felt like I had oatmeal in my mouth. Oh said, my God. That, that was great. That was great. Hey, we'll try it. We'll try thank it. Thank you though. for staying in there so I could get Brian to say that. <laughs> I love it. Brian, uh, gave, me, Brian got... gave me the sequel. He gave me the remaster and then he gave me the remake. That was beautiful. Oh, I gave it all. I give it all so that you can have it from me. It was beautiful. Josh just was like, yeah, I'll take, right it. Now. I'll take <laughs> it. I was about to take a drink of my Gatorade when Brian started singing. I said, hold on. I'm not going to put that tasty beverage in my mouth because no, I don't yet. know where this is going. I got to see down, this player. beginning to end. And it was beautiful. Next, we have the sequel to the worst film Christopher Columbus ever made. Come it's on. not Home Alone 2. It's not Chamber of Secrets. It's Pixel Free. <laughs> so much for your support. Freeze, thank you. <laughs> Next, we got it's not the junior grunt. It's not the queen grunt. It's the king grunt. King grunt. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate you. Josh, um, it's really, really cold down here. Sure. And you might think that's because it's winter. Yeah. You might think that's because it's snow. Mm. But it's actually because on top of the winter and the snow, there's no sunlight reaching our house because Aries 0430's mustache is all the way over top Jesus of it. Jesus Christ. Lighting out the sun. Thank Jesus so Christ. Thank you, Aries. <laughs> I hope he listens and just thinks, man. this. I know. Please let us know, Aries. <laughs> um, okay. Next we have one of Josh's most memorable PS1 games. It's not... The Phantom Menace. It's the Montana Menace. Montana Menace. Happy birthday, you son of a gun. Happy, happy birthday. We love you so much. Josh had some cereal this morning, and I had to have Fruity Pebbles because I couldn't get access to any Cody O's. Thank you so much, Cody O's. Yeah, got to have them Cody O's. That's the best way to start your day. It's the only way to grow big and strong so you can be a Joshy big boy. Joshy big boy. (laughs) I'm not there because I didn't have my Cody O's. You so small. So small. <laughs> uh, next, we got the number one NASCAR Thunder 2003 enthusiast, Ryan Bar- Brian Barca. Yes. Appreciate you, bro. <laughs> Ryan Barca. Love you, man. Hope you're doing well. Next, we have Dustin Mondre. Dustin the best Mondre. newest dad here, I think. If yeah, you're a man, patron hopefully, supporter hopefully. and you have had a baby more recently than Dustin Mondre, let me know because I'm being. <laughs> hopefully, fatherhood's going great for you, man. Uh, next, we have from KO Koala Entertainment releasing a game, his, his, his first game, hopefully this year, uh, is Anthony Nicolosi. Thank you so much. Uh, that's why I say it the same way I would say Meteora, the League of Parts album. Um, I used oh, to, yeah. this girl in school used to be like, Meteora! So when I hear Agora! I say the same huh. way in my head. Very nice. Shout out to you, Anthony. Except I don't think they ever say the word Meteora at any point in any of their songs. No, I know, but she just said it because she was yeah, just like so excited. Anytime that name came up, she was just like, ah, Meteora! Next we have Dropping In From The Ceiling with that chili... Chili, wait, what was it? Chili, chili something before Drop Pod. It's Hormel Chili. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I messed. You're good. Up. You, I think you wanted. Start you were starting to go for like chili cheese. Maybe that's uh, yeah, where he's taking. I was taking going the wrong that. direction. I had to course correct it. Let me Maybe start it's... that over. Next, we have dropping him from the ceiling with his bejeweled ODST drop pod covered in Hormel chili. It's Mikey Cosby. <laughs> bejeweled. I like that. That's he's a, shiny you know, like those, and crawl. You know, like those man jeans that got like the bejewels in the back. Hell yeah! Like uh, kind of you know questionable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, thank Mikey you, Cosplay. Mikey. Love you, man. Next, we have the smartest man in the room at all times. It's Genesis. Thank you, Genesis, so much for being a genius. Yes, genius. We have Ian Big Dog Mills, who has been supporting us for a long time and is 
a wonderful dude. Always. I love Ian through learning. and through, man. Love him. I love that guy. Anytime he get, he gives me a like on a post, I'm like validation. Yeah, I actually agree. I actually agree with that. Next, we have the spiciest of all meme lords. It's Photon. Photon. Thank you so love much, you, Photon. Photon. And finally, we have the guy who says, you know what? These guys are quality. I think I'm going to support them. And Josh goes, damn, Brian, you said it every time. That's all you got. And I'm like, yeah, it is. So this is <laughs> Putting words in my mouth. Putting words in my mouth. That's what Brian does during the Patreon shout outs. <laughs> you put worse things in there. Let's be real. <laughs> 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 what was that joke? Okay. Next we got <laughs> the man. Oh, man. I love doing this with you. What's that? What's the that? The man who has never seen another man because women are always peripherally blocking his vision. Trevor Polkey. Trevor Polkey. That's he was the guy right who coined the original Axe commercial back in the day when all the women oh, yeah. were like chasing the guy on the island. <laughs> yeah, that's him. He's like, how it feels. And then he's also the two five. He's like, how it feels to chew five gum. But he can't <laughs> grab a piece of chew five gum because it's on the counter and there's too many women between him and the counter. Got to get to the gum. Got to get to the gum. The woman closest to the counter, she has to go. Her name's Tabitha. She grabs a piece of gum. She passes it back to Samantha. Samantha passes it back to Julie. Julia passes it back. It just keeps going on and on and oh, on man. until it finally gets to Trevor Pokey. But it does. Because the women, it does. they're multiplying. You always make it sound like it's some damn song from a band that's like modern, like called fucking. Well, that was, Gre- I mean, Greece, that, that was from Greece is what I was going for. It was for. like, I got children multiplying. Yeah, But you're exactly, like, they're exactly. multiplying. Yeah. Like, or, or or maybe I'm going for like a, the, the angsty teen version. Yep. You know, it's true. They're multiplying. That's exactly yeah. See, way better than uh, what I did. You know that right? so well. Next, we have, we're hoping for a season two, but Josh wants it to be a lot better than season one because he likes the real life version better. It's the Shipleys. The Shipleys. Yes. Thank you so much love for your you guys. support, guys. How we about love them you. Chiefs? Doing pretty good. Doing oh, pretty yeah, good. dude. I haven't seen somebody make a basketball shot like that in years. Wow. <laughs> Always stooping to he, new love. Jordan saying, "Jordan saying, wow! Like, not only was that dumb, but it wasn't even that good either. So you really suck." <laughs> <laughs> Next, we got the OG Halo podcaster. It's Dustin. Thank you so much for your support, shout out, bro. buddy. We have the person who shouldn't be defined by being second to, to first. He should be defined by just how amazing of supporter he is. It's Glass. It's Thank Glass you so much. with a wholesome shattering. You know what's crazy? He's been supporting us for 24 months straight at the $1, so $24. It's, it's oh, kind of cool. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty cool, actually. Uh, Thank you. Man. And next, we have, finally, our original supporter. The he man who the saw man. Justice League and knew it needed more. Got what he wanted, but said, hey, give us more in store. And the WB said, fuck you. His Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Salvatore. <laughs> They're basically, they're just like, you're lucky you got Zack Snyder's Justice League, you little shit. I know. Goddamn WB. But anyway, Matthew Salvatore, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Sacred Icon. Um, Love you guys. Hope you enjoyed hearing our uh, history of gaming. Hope you uh, can relate to some of that and maybe come in the Discord or go on the Twitter and share what your gaming history looks like. Uh, Tell us what you think of the Halo show. Are you optimistic? Are you super negative on it? We'd love to hear your opinion on it. And guys, just thank you so much for listening and supporting us. We've been doing this for over two years now. Kind of crazy to think about how quickly that went by. Amazing. Me and Josh love it. And uh, honestly, we would continue to do it longer if uh, you allowed us to. Thank you very much. I got uh, $29, going to get 30 going to get 31 uh, 40, <laughs> Sold for 42 Sorry. I just had to do that for no reason. That was actually <laughs> real good. All right, guys. We love you. Thank you so much. We love you guys so much. And as always, keep it sacred. Thank you.
And for us being pretty tired, we did pretty well, because I know you and I are both, like, dog tired. Yeah, I'm ready to get me a sandwich. A sandwich. I'm ready. And some... A sandwich and some chips and something to drink. <laughs> that sounds like a mighty good combo to me. I think I'm going to get myself a pizza on the new pizzazz, and I'm going to put that on for 20 minutes. Very nice. <laughs> 20 minutes is going to burn, baby. It's, it, you know funny. what? It's going to be pretty fresh if I cook that up a crust first for the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Don't do 20 minutes. Oh, let me tell this up. Halo, halo, welcome to the one and only Sacred Icon show. It's me, your host. We should just do a whole episode like that. <laughs> hey, Josh, thank you for passing that over to me. I'd just love to say your hair is looking wonderful this evening. Have you, that's very nice. Do you do that every morning? You know, I do that every morning as much <laughs> as possible as I can. I always make sure I condition, but I don't want to do it too much. I like to take showers every day, and they always say don't condition all the time. But, Brian, I got to tell you, your eyes are so blue. They're like bluer than an ocean in that hoodie you're wearing right there. That, but that's so nice. That's so nice. I bet you'd just like to surf up and down my hoodie, wouldn't you, little, you little boy? <laughs> hey, Josh, let's just add this on to the end of the podcast as a bonus. Why not? I got to do that for an Yeah, that's fine, but I got to yeah, do that sure. for an intro at some point. Sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> okay, I'm ending it. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you want to watch that Lego trailer? Yes, please. Go ahead and watch that right now. <laughs>